This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, coming to you live. With us here is Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. And uh, Andrew Carroll. Yeah, and we got a very special uh, edition of uh, Free Talk Live tonight. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Johnny Ray and Andrew, you guys are keen activists here in, uh, well, in, in Keen, <laughs> here in town. And uh, you're joining me tonight. Do uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves to the world? Uh, why don't you go first, Andrew? All right, I'll go. I'll go first. My name is uh, Andrew Carroll. I lived in Keene for a little, just about two years now. I actually lived in Keene for a little over a year. I lived in New Hampshire itself for about two years. And uh, I'm, I guess I'm most famous for doing marijuana activism uh, at the beginning of last year, where I spent about eight days in jail. Uh, other than that, I've just been hanging out, got a campaign uh, coming up, running for state representative uh, here in Keene as a Democrat. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, I guess that's about it. My name is Johnny Ray. Uh... I am from Asheville, North Carolina, and I came up here with a dream. <laughs> and what is that dream, sir? <laughs> to to make alcohol in the tradition of my forefathers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how's that dream working out for you? Uh, it's wor- it's it's happening. I'm making it happen, Luther. Yeah. Uh, now, didn't uh, didn't the ATF come and actually try to? Put shut you down once. Uh, the Keen police came to a to to uh, to a party that we were having, and they they took my still away from and, me. And they asked when they came, they asked who lives here, and Johnny says, "Not me," and he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> no, no I actually wasn't there, but I heard about the story later. So, and they came and they took your still, right? Yeah, they came uh, and took my still. I had came back and talked to them before that happened, though. Try to do some some police police outreach. Yeah, offers them offer them some moonshine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I never did that. No, I didn't. You know, you know, it's a good uh, it's a good social networking tool. You know, alcohol it makes for very good uh, uh, introductions, first dates, uh, potential business clients. You know, you take them out, you get them hammered, and then they're in your pocket. I de- I definitely should have done that. Yeah, especially <laughs> and, moonshine. How how strong is your moonshine? The uh, jug that I have in the car <laughs> under my seat <laughs> is uh, about 150 proof. And uh, where is your car parked, just in case the uh, Keen police are listening right now? <laughs> and uh, so, do you want to talk about your uh, candidacy at all? Or? No, we can get we can get into that later. I guess okay. let's just uh, let's go on to something else for now. Yeah. Well, what do you guys want to talk to? I mean, this is Free Talk Live after all. You can call in six zero three. Four three five eleven zero five. That's the Saturday uh, phone line. Give us a call. Talk about whatever you want. Uh, did you guys have anything in particular you wanted to talk about? Well, speaking of alcohol, I wanted to talk about Keen Nightcap. All right. What about it specifically? Well, I guess we we can recap. I'm sure everybody listening knows what the Keen Nightcap is. Uh, it's pretty much just a party in Central Square at night, right? That's right. I was not around for the genesis of the idea, but what it seems to be today is a protest against communism and <laughs> open container laws maybe yeah. communistic open container laws yeah and uh last week uh there was a big arrest uh it wasn't for the key nightcap but there was an, some open container container arrests uh, i guess made in keen and civil disarrests uh um for that very same thing um so uh that's right rich paul yep rich paul who's still in jail uh ian freeman who's out of jail Ica courser yep yep uh couple of the people got summons right oh uh, let's see wes gill yeah he got arrested uh 
Did Smeg get arrested or did she just get summoned? I believe she got arrested. She did, she did yeah. get arrested, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Got arrested. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the people can't hear you unless you're talking to the mic. Gotcha. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on that. Dave Dixon and, and, and me, we got summonses. Okay. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, I know who Dave is. All right. And uh, when's the court date coming up for that? Uh, my summons is August 18th. Okay, so a couple weeks to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when did you guys move up to Keene, by the way? Like Andrew moved up here a little bit before me, Johnny Ray. Yeah. I moved up in, well, I guess since Andrew, you went, you got up here first. Why don't you say when you well, did? Well, I got up in August of 2008. Um, okay. So right yeah. after I did, I was like July. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I came up the same year, but November. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and after I, uh, after I was arrested, when I first moved to Keene, um, I moved to Keene the same day I did my protest. After that, I spent a couple months uh, sleeping on Johnny Ray's couch when he was living with uh, a bunch of other people at the original Liberty Bunker. And then, of course, him and I both moved from there to our new place, which is the new Liberty Bunker, as people like to call it. And uh, we've been living there for about over a year now, actually. Yeah, I always wanted people to call it the marketplace of ideas, but that just, that just <laughs> never caught on. It doesn't have that ring to it? No, not at all. <laughs> it's got a superior ring. Yeah. So... uh Getting back to the nightcaps, um, uh, why do you feel it's important to break down the open container laws in the city? Um, gosh, that's a good question, Luther. Specifically, Glad I asked it. It, it specifically, um, I don't know. I, I treat it more as a general liberty kind of thing. And when I said it was a, uh, it was against communism. That's just how I feel about it. I feel right. like public. Uh, property is communism. So, so right. I generally, even though left to myself, I wouldn't walk down the street drinking a beer. I support people who do upsetting things on public property. Yeah, I think you and I were both talking about this the other day, uh, which is, you know, I haven't really participated in the nightcaps myself, but you were saying, uh, Johnny, that you would never drink in public, that you don't think that's something that you would do. You wouldn't walk around downtown Keene and have a drink normally. But because the state has set up these, you know, restrictions on what you would otherwise be able to do. It just kind of prompts that disobedience. And in a lot of people, I think that's the whole point is just to, you know, if the government didn't have these laws set up, you wouldn't have disobedience, you know, <laughs> but yeah. because the government has these laws that are a little bit ridiculous. Some people think that it's appropriate to take the repro- the approach, excuse me, where they, you know, go out and purposefully disobey those laws. Blowback. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, I I think I would walk around drinking a beer uh, on a hot summer day, but that's just yeah, me. Well, me too. I would have a beer. I don't. I don't think <laughs> anything know, wrong I mean, with like, that at all. Yeah, I wouldn't be drunk at all. You know, no, I'd just kind of be relaxing and enjoying myself. And I don't see it as a big problem as long as I'm not, uh, you know, being rowdy, smashing bottles, and yelling belligerently at passersby. Which, yeah, I agree. Which I I might do also, but <laughs> when I'm sober. So, uh, I was thinking about, I've been thinking about, about nightcap for the past couple of days. And when I moved up here to, uh, to Keene, um, the kind of activist I've been is just, uh, just somebody who, who hangs out and has fun. I like to watch what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, so in some ways the nightcap is kind of, is kind of counter to, 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 what I like to do, and actually more specifically, what I mean is I want to defend myself when I'm aggressed against, and I'm not as much wanting to go out and seize 
their stuff. Right. You, you're saying uh, you'd rather use it, civil disobedience as a defense tactic than, uh, than uh, think, go out I mean, and instigate like uh, Andrew did? That, I think that's about right, okay. Andrew. What well, I, so I don't want to... I wouldn't dare to uh, presume about what you, how you feel about civil disobedience. Well, but you, you know me pretty well I by do. now, Andrew. Ha- yeah, that's true. We have lived together for a while. I, w- I was just saying that you're probably getting at that. You, you don't have to bring that up, by the way, all a, a lot tonight about how we <laughs> live together. <laughs> Either way, I was thinking that you, uh, you generally just kind of go about your life, you know, the way that you feel is the right way to go about it. And then, uh, you know, if the state happens to get involved, like they take your still, you know, you then you defend yourself. Or if they happen to give you a parking ticket, which you you know, have, have court for tomorrow, right? Uh-huh, Was that a parking right. ticket? Yeah. Yep. Which should be, uh, you know, another interesting thing. Then, you you know, you have to take due course to defend that. Speaking of which, I don't know, would you care to talk about your parking ticket at all? What you have planned for that? Uh, the Yeah, well, I have a trial tomorrow at 10 a.m. So it'll be at 11? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds, you know, like, uh, that sounds like a plausible scenario, Luther. Yeah. For night parking, which, um, like Ian, uh, I got in the spring. And, um, and so, no snow anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no snow anywhere in sight, which is the reason uh, for the, the law. Yeah. From, well, uh, what is it, from Yeah, for those of you not in October till or who not in snow areas, yeah, that's how it works. They want to make sure if there's going to be snow on the ground that your car is in a safe location when that snow happens. But it was like, what month was it? It was April. <laughs> All right. So more of this coming up. We got Andrew and Johnny right here. Uh, I got a story about a man tried to rush his, rush his wife to the hospital who was having a stroke and got pulled over for it. Uh, stay tuned. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, coming to you live from Keene, New Hampshire. 603-435-1105 is the number. You can call in talk about anything you want. This is Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. And Andrew Carroll. Yes. And, <laughs> and you can be sure to check us out at freetalklive.com. Uh, you want to talk about the features we have there, Johnny Ray? Oh, gosh. You've got the archives. Um, by the way, people, all this stuff is free. The other guys, they want to charge you for it. <laughs> Yeah. Not at freetalklive.com. No. I mean, like I said, you got archives. You got these wonderful archives. You got the BBS. Archives. That too. Thank yeah. you, Andrew. Uh, I almost forgot that one. Shrine of, uh, shrine of, fema- shrine of female listeners. Excuse me. Yep. Who can forget? the Really the best part. Yeah, can't forget those ladies. Uh, so we're talking about the Keen Nightcap, a uh, little uh, soiree that happens every night here in Keen in uh, Central Square. Um, no, we were also we were gonna we we're talking about my night parking ticket. And well, yeah, we kind of digressed onto uh, Johnny Ray's parking ticket. Uh, so uh, here in New Hampshire, from something like October till May first, uh, you're not allowed to park on the street after the hours of I think it's one o'clock. I believe that's absolutely right. Okay, and um, uh, so you were parked out. Like outside your house? Uh, I, my car got it, was ticketed. Oh, okay. For night parking uh, last year. This year, sorry. And it was very, very warm. And um, it's just ridiculous. Right. Yeah, it was springtime. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> it was only there say. from one to three, right? Anyways, you you just had moved it because we were having company, I think, and you had just moved it outside to allow other people to park. In our driveway, wasn't that uh, what you were telling me before? I don't remember. I could be wrong on that. Um, 
Yes, that's that's right, Andrew. Yeah, right. and it was only out there from one to three, which is two hours to begin with, and it wasn't snowing. Yeah, it was. Uh, everything was done, you know, with uh, goodwill on my part. Um, yeah. You know, I try and comply with with silly laws <laughs> because it's uh, it's it's fairly pragmatic. And then that's kind of what happens when you move up here is uh, you just see other people doing things, and then you don't. There's there's very easy easy things you can do if you don't want to take it anymore. And you do a little bit, then you do a little bit more. It's beautiful. Yep. Uh, so April, not a drop of snow on the ground, not a not a flurry in sight, and uh, that's right. Just intending to put it out to uh, make a little room for a party for yep. some people that were coming over, and then two hours later, I went to collect it and bring it back inside so that I would, you know, be in compliance. Yeah. It, th- this is one of the main issues I have with law is um, is the lack of victim, you know, and they'll still prosecute you for something uh or the lack of damage i mean it's it can be important when they plow those roads to have your car out of the way because it's just going to get buried and it's just going to be in their way and like if the roads were paid for you know that would be more understandable than asking you to move it and they would probably just you know <laughs> go ahead and move it uh, but uh you know no snow in sight and they're ticketing you for something because it could snow you know but then again i could crap the keys to graceland tomorrow i mean yeah i've always felt that way about drunk uh drunk driving laws as well and just drinking yeah. and driving that if you know if somebody owned the roads privately i could see not everyone but i could see certain people having checkpoints if they thought that was a little too intrusive for the people driving on the roads they might say like well you know just don't drink if we pull you over and you are drinking we're gonna you know yeah have we'll, our we'll security you agency somebody. charge you you know i could see those laws making sense but it's just because they're being, uh, you know, put upon us through this means of the government that right. it becomes, you know, objectionable in my mind. Yeah, well, Otherwise, you're it, being punished for something you could do, not something you have done. Well, yeah, but I mean, even on a private road, they could punish you for something you could do. Uh, theoretically, that just might be the rules that they've set up because they want to, you know, take that over, you know, they want to overemphasize they don't want people drinking yeah. on our road. They yeah. might, you know, the market has all sorts of different ways of solving these problems, but it's just when the government does it, that you know that I would have a problem with it because the government is a whole different monster to mess with, as opposed to just a private company. <laughs> right. I think Will May would say, "Let a thousand flowers bloom." <laughs> Let right? a thousand nations bloom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Which, so there would be there would there would there would of course definitely be communities where the the roads were drivers were more regulated than they are here in Keene today. Right. And if somebody if that was really important to somebody then they could uh, find a community that, you know, had like-minded people. Right. All right. Uh, you guys want to go to the phones and to the fun? Oh, sure, yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. Best part. Uh, who's this? Uh, Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hi, this is Taryn Lupo. Hey, Taryn. What's going on, man? I'll see I'll report. How are you guys? Well, I'm good. Good. How are you doing, Taryn? <laughs> Great. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about intellectual property because um, I've got a couple things going on, and I'm curious. I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants on this stuff about what y'all think. Um, firstly, Mostly dirty I have thoughts. a new. <laughs> but anyway, firstly, I have a I have a new ebook that that I just released for free that came out. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that or not, but it's, uh, I I, I, I saw you mention it business. on Facebook. Uh, what is it about? How to start a black market business. It's like a practical guide to stepping outside the system. Oh, that sounds awesome! Great, yeah, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah, I, and what I was trying to figure out is because I've been hearing this intellectual property debate for a while on Free Talk Live, and normally when I write an ebook, I sell it. You know, I, it's like six or seven bucks, and I sell a couple a day or whatever. But this one I decided to uh, give away for free and just have people buy ads, like advertising. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm trying to think kind of, I've got another real, like a real large book coming out, a fiction book coming out in October and I don't know how to release it. And I'm curious to know what you guys think. Um, how does someone make money when you know someone's just, you know, like in this new environment, how, how do you make money on? I would say when you, no, sorry, continue. Sorry. I didn't mean to no, interrupt. I was just saying, uh, no problem. I was just saying, how do you make money on something that, uh, you think, uh, I don't really believe in intellectual property. Like, it's so stupid to think no one's going to steal a book, you know? Right. So, yeah, I've seen other people, and I won't name names just because, you know, I don't know. I mean, they wouldn't care, but, you know, I don't have their permission to necessarily talk about them on, on radio. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, just, you know, play my, play my cards safe here. Uh, I've heard that someone recently was, I mean, someone in the past has released very technical books regarding computer software or something like that. You know, very technical books regarding those sorts of things that, you know, nothing that I wouldn't know anything about or that the layman wouldn't know much about. And he was selling these things, and, you know, when he was charging for them, they were ebooks. He wasn't making any money at all. And then when he just uh, let them be free online and asked for donations, all of a sudden he was making more money and selling more books just by, you know, uh, saying, here's this book for free, but if you appreciate it and you appreciate my business, uh, donate. And right. surprisingly, people, and not, not even surprisingly, people do will donate if they appreciate yeah, something. Uh, Radiohead yeah. did that with one of their, they uh, did. Yeah. their albums. You know, they figured that it's going to get downloaded anyway. They put it up on their website for free and asked for donations, and they made a ton of money back on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Another, another option you might consider, Taryn, is having a higher quality version that you could sell. Or some kind of, uh, you know, Taryn Lupo t-shirt that you could sell to <laughs> yeah, go along with edition. the book. Oh, there's going to be such a demand on those. Yeah, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe releasing it. Um, I'm gonna ch- this, this entire book was an experiment to see if advertising funding books could work. Because, you know, you see the newspaper's been doing it forever. The, the you know, magazines do it forever. Uh-huh. Put ads in everything. But you don't really see it a lot in books. It's pretty rare. So it did work. I mean, I sold it on all my ads pretty quick, but um, but that's just like a small ebook. I've never done it for a real full blown book, and I'm I'm kind of hesitant on the donations because I'm I'm worried that you know you do all this work and you drop it and, and you make a hundred dollars. It's like uh, well, maybe, maybe do <laughs> both. Do the ebook. Do with the advertisements and the donations. Maybe you might be able to. You know, all right. Uh, anything face. else you want to talk about, Taryn? You want us to hold you over? Yeah, hold me over because I want to talk to Yeah, we'll come back with Taryn. This is Free Talk Live, Sunday edition. (laughs) This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, coming to you live from Keene, New Hampshire, 603-435-1105. With you... As always, once a month, which isn't really always, it's Luther. And I'm Johnny Ray. And uh, Andrew Go. Yep. And we are talking with Taryn Lupo from the LCO Report and Wheels Off Liberty about intellectual property. Taryn, you there? Yes, sir. All right. And uh, we were talking about your books uh, and alternatives on how to, uh, how to get paid to write a book. Uh, do you want to recap anything? Sure. Uh, if you guys are just tuning in, I just released a free ebook this week on LCLReport.com. It's a practical guide to setting up a black market business, and, and it kind of gives you the nuts and bolts and how to do it. Um, I think that's a huge thing that really should get out there for free to encourage people to, uh, you know, stop messing with regulations and set up their own business. And hopefully, I gave them some tips on to make it easier. Yep. Yeah. Maybe um, you know you uh, you write a wonderful book, give it 
give it away as an ebook as you're doing and um, generate some buzz and then you could have a a bound edition and maybe giving it away for free and generating that demand is sort of a hurdle you have to clear first although you know i'm sure you put a lot of work into this and you know it's it's silly to work for nothing i kind of consider it activism that sort of thing but i'm again i'm I'm writing a real book about um not an ebook but like a real actual fiction book and it takes a lot, lot, lot more work. So I'm kind of nervous about just dropping it out there for free and hoping that I get donations. So you were suggesting maybe, I don't know, releasing it a couple different ways, maybe uh, like an ebook without ads, and then maybe an ebook with ads for free, and then maybe even a hard version they can buy at Amazon or something. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's my my that's my contribution. I think that's smart to release it that way. I'm curious to know what you guys like. If if maybe your listeners know this too, I don't know jack squat about actual really publishing with a real publisher because then you got to deal with paying taxes and you got to deal with, you know, um, them being in editing control. But the flip side is they market you really well, right? And you get a chance to uh, really get your name spread out there because, right? So they'll, they'll, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm torn. Yeah, they'll get behind you. They'll promote you. They'll uh, they'll give you distribution. You know, they have. Uh, uh, a network all over the country or the world probably that for, sh- and for, sh- for sure a publisher is not going to want you putting it out for free though if you get right. involved with the publisher uh, uh, and i feel yeah. the internet uh kind of can facilitate that for somebody who's just you know doing it themselves uh like a, i assume you are uh, um you it, it can be so easy to uh do social networking and promote the book online and buy ads on websites you know and get the name out there uh and uh, and yeah. just ship it, you know, it'll be available all over the world as long as they have internet access. And I think there's even, like, books now, companies, it's a little more expensive, but they actually print per book. So you don't actually have to buy 2,000 books and be sitting on a big pile of books. They right. actually print it up as people order it. Oh, okay. But So you never um, have to deal with supply. Yeah. You know, they just, just go there. But I was hoping some of your listeners know more about this than I do, so I'm throwing it out there. The other thing I want to talk about was there's some breaking news in Savannah that Mama Allie, the guy, the lady that runs Savannah's Last Biscuit, the uh, kind of the underground restaurant here in Savannah, got arrested the last night Ooh. on a delivery. But I don't. Unfortunately, I talked to him on called, but she's not cooperating with the police at all, so they won't let anything out. Like nobody knows what's going on with her. Not even her uh, fiance. Oh wow, that's so, disturbing. Well, uh, well, she was. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we we were expecting to have her up here in Keene uh, in a couple of weeks. I think next week even, and uh, uh, hopefully this doesn't uh, put put that travel off. I mean, we were all really looking we forward to her cooking up here. We really don't know what's going on because yeah. basically, here's here's the the straight up skinny. What I got was she was delivering an order and she's driving on a suspended license, which. I guess um, she's kind of one of the, these right-to-travel people, right. you know, that don't believe in having to pay the government uh, extortion money to move freely. On principle, you absolutely agree, but the uh, suspended license kind of be a pain in the butt sometimes with cops. Right. And so they uh, they arrested her, but as far as um, as far as anyone knows, I think there might be some other stuff that they just don't know about, and they're just keeping quiet. They don't want the activists to get involved until they have to pull the trigger. So if you guys are listening, I'll keep you updated. You know, yeah, just watch yeah please, please do that. You know. And uh, when she wants help, 
she's going to ask for it. Right. But right now, I think they're trying to stay low key and just skirt her out. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. Keep keep us because updated I, I, on that. I know she, she really wants to go to Keene, so I'm, <laughs> I think she's uh, trying to keep her head down and just get out of there. But uh, I can't blame her. Yeah. Uh, well, keep us updated on that. Hopefully, she gets out soon enough and gets up here. Uh, um, uh, so it's always great to hear from you, Taryn, man. Yeah, uh, Taryn. When are we going to yeah, see you I'm, up yeah, here? Nice to see you, Taryn. And I love your creation. Uh, yeah, tra- <laughs> thanks again for the necklace, Taryn. Yeah. <laughs> guys. Oh, man, of course. And uh, I'm hoping to maybe try to get up there for uh, Keen Freedom Fest or, or the Pumpkin Fest or whatever that is when you guys figure all that out. I'm okay. not exactly sure the details. Awesome. Uh, but that's the next one I'm aiming for. All right. Hope to see you there, buddy. All right. So yep. Thanks, fellas. Bye. Yep. I think uh, he kind of triggered me into thinking about picking your battles was something that, you know, people talk about a lot of Free Talk Live that we talk a lot about in the freedom movement in general, picking your battles. Right. And I guess, you know, I won't begin to to, to question or to, uh, you know, Mama Ali's in, uh, intentions or anything like that. But, you know, definitely driving without a license or, or without registration is definitely something you risk when she's got something, in my opinion, bigger going on. Right. Much bigger. The Savannah Last Biscuit is not only brilliant activism yeah. because you're helping people. And, um, you know, even the local media agrees that, like, it's ridiculous to arrest her when she's just, you know, feeding people. Yeah. Um, you know, not everyone's going to agree with registration. People are going to have questions about that. And so you might be creating, you know, dividing points when you take, you know, your activism a little bit too far when you have something good going and then you start pushing other issues that don't really, that might affect, right. you know, the good you're, activism you're that you are doing. You're saying she should concentrate more in her area of expertise, which is uh, the biscuit business? Well, I'm, I'm saying she, she should do whatever she'd like to do. I can't, and, I and can't I hope, believe you just said that, Andrew. Yeah, right. I'm now, disgusted. Hey. <laughs> don't, don't say that. I'm very don't. disappointed in you, Andrew. <laughs> oh. For people don't know he's being... Even sar- more disappointed than normal. He's being sarcastic for those of you that he's don't know. He's being 100% serious, folks. God, no, he's being sarcastic. <laughs> But really, though, oh no, I'm I'm just saying like, I'm just saying like that's unfortunate. But uh, I I mean I would just hate to see her get arrested for like some sort of long term period thing because of something ridiculous like registration. Yeah. When you know she's got something really big going on yeah, with the last we, biscuit. We could really use her up here. Yeah, and, and she was gonna come up here and start one. So I hope she gets out of jail soon and comes up here to help us out with that. All right. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Free talk live. Who's this? This is Adam in Manchester. Hey, how's it going? I'm listening to these ideas you guys are talking about, and they sound very dangerous to me. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, making well, your own alcohol is fine and okay, but what's going to stop one corporation from buying all the land around my house and not letting me drive down the street without paying an annual fee? That's a pretty extreme example, isn't it? That, well, you know, you, uh, you utopian people uh, whoa, have these whoa. ideas. I am not a utopianist. Utopia. You don't believe in utopia? Oh, I, I. When I look at Luther, I believe in utopia. <laughs> <laughs> How do well, you hate? Um, caller, what's your name? Adam. His name right? is Adam. Adam for Adam from Manchester. Adam from Manchester. Well, I mean, whoever you might be, Adam. How do you define a? Uh, how do you define utopia? Can you define that for us? Look, you're you're never gonna you're never gonna get rid of the government. Never. So your so, definition of utopia involves getting rid of the government, or? Isn't that what you guys were saying before? No, I'm asking you. You're the one who called uh, Luther a utopianist or utopian. That's what he was saying. So I'm just wondering what your definition of that would involve. All these crazy ideas you're promoting. I mean, just letting people do whatever whatever they want is going to be anarchy in the streets. Uh... Perhaps. I, uh, well, I, okay. Uh, we were. T- you're referring to uh, the nightcaps and people drinking in public. No, I think he's referring to public roads. Right public now. roads. Yeah, and and uh, corporations buying the roads and not letting you. Well, first of all, why cor- would they do that? I don't think corporations would exist 
uh, without the government protection that they, I you think know, corporations can exist. Well, I mean, a group of people can get together and say, hey, we're going to run this company. We're going to do it this way. Sure, but the corporation is an entity is a gov- that the government creates by allowing you know them to operate without individual responsibility, right. yeah, which is not necessarily something which I can see how you'd see that in I market. I think their their nature but will I change. Think, uh, I'll tell you what, Adam, we'll uh, we'll hold you. We'll get to, we'll come back to you uh, after this break. Uh, so uh, apparently, uh, government will never go away, and we're all fools. Uh, we'll hear back from Adam when we come back. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, coming to you live from Keene, New Hampshire. 603-435-1105 is the number you call. Uh, call in, talk about anything you want, uh, from the political to the personal. This is Luther with you. I'm Johnny Ray. And Andrew Kevin. All right. And we are talking with Adam in Manchester about about how uh, we just don't know what we're talking about. Is that right, Adam? Yeah, actually, my thinking has uh, evolved during the break. I'm no longer a statist. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that's that a I, quick turnover. I'm glad that I got through to you. Uh, I really am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly, you weren't there. I was the one who converted him. All right, you keep telling yourself that. Here's really why I called Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got the wrong show, buddy. <laughs> How is the uh, candlelight vigil going? What? I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, that just sounded that like uh, like you had marbles in your mouth. Could you say that again, please? The candlelight vigils. Um, um, I haven't attended them, so I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't been to one either. Um, I haven't been to a single one. What's that? I, there's been no video. I'm just curious. Are people going? Uh, uh, people, people are going. Yeah, I've, as far as I know, there was only one, and Sam put out a video out of it. Sam from Obscure Truth Network. Well, I know people were talking about doing a vigil at Judge Burke's house. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't know anything about it beyond that. Yeah. They, uh, I guess you're talking to the wrong guys about this. <laughs> yeah, that's not. Yeah, we like to sit around and drink beer and watch. Yeah, that's that's not. Well, my cup of tea isn't isn't. That's not my cup of tea. So I've I've right. avoided that. Yeah. Your armchair activists. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Well, make snide snide comments about <laughs> about <laughs> activists. Yeah, who are actually I will sit acting. on my high horse and uh, criticize everybody everybody else's activism. We're Monday morning quarterbacks. We don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing about your campaign, Andrew. Well, thank you. And, I, and your positions. Uh, are you now? Are you really a Democrat? I heard you were uh, uh, something else. Well, I am an anarchist, which is what you're alluding to, I'm sure, or a libertarian, as yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, I'm, you can label yourself. Huh? <laughs> that's fine. Well, that's what I am. Anyone who looks at my Facebook page can realize that. Um, I am running as a Democrat in Keene. Um, yeah, so I don't know where you're Are going. You- I'm I'm Adam. I plan on protesting at polling places against Andrew Carroll <laughs> and yeah, uh, distributing anti-Andrew Carroll literature <laughs> to as many have residents you, of Keene as I can. Have you guys ever heard of Transnistria? No, I have not. No, I have not. I, I just, uh, I, this is a place, it uh, used to be part of the Soviet Union, and then uh, it was part of, uh, I'm not sure, one of those republics, maybe Moldova. <laughs> and it's what they call a de, a de facto autonomous region. Okay, all right. It's got, got its own currency, got its own 
flag, and yet it's not recognized by the United Nations. And what's it called again? Transnistria. 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 I think it's probably about the size of Los Angeles County. Okay. I want to know where you, Andrew, as an anarchist, would you support uh, secession by a state-like entity in the area currently... Known as Transmistria. Transmistria, which we're not sure if it exists, really. We're looking it up. Um, you know, are you, you talking? Know, are you asking if I would support secession as a general idea, like philosophically, or if I support secession in this specific context that I, I'm unaware of? Is it okay for an anarchist to <laughs> support a state-like entity where, as opposed to just a um, anarchy? Yes, of course. It is okay for an anarchist to support pushing for a smaller government, if that's the uh, general gist of what you're asking me, in my opinion. Yes, I think I I like the idea. I like the model. They it's they're they're acting like a, a, an independent state, even though a bigger state claims to be in control, but isn't really in control. Sure, I don't have any problem with that at all. Yeah, it's much the same that we kind of live in in a sort of freedom. Uh, many people here in Keene because they do things that are illegal, but they don't get arrested because the state, you know, has kind of chosen that it's their best interest not to get involved. So that's sort of a de facto freedom. I have no problem with freedom in any way that in any of its forms, whichever way it wants to come, whatever is practical, really. Yeah. Obviously, the more freedom, the better. But uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, Transnistria is uh, or Transnister. I'm, of course, probably saying that wrong. um, Transnister comes from the uh, the Nister River. Uh, which is which is where where this is all going down? Oh. Yeah, located and, and and Wikipedia calls it a breakaway territory. Wait, did you just write this Wikipedia article to, and then called in about it? <laughs> <laughs> we could be the breakaway shire. Oh, I we love could, it. we could. I love it. Yeah. Sounds good. That has a good ring to it. Yeah, that does have a good ring to it. Could be the trans ash whale. You talk like a, you talk like a lawyer. <laughs> Why might that be? I don't know. You tell me. And you know, as, as far as Karen goes, I was just reading uh, David Friedman's latest book online for free. Yeah. And he has he has a legit publisher. It's published by an academic uh, publishing house, but you can also read it online for free. Uh, Future oh. Imperfect. And, awesome. Wonderful. And is he, uh, I hope Taryn's listening. Yeah. Is he uh, uh, advertise selling advertisements to read this book at all? No, it's just a very plain-looking HTML hmm. version. You know, I, I think it's Adult Swim, actually, who puts all their cartoons up on uh, up online for free. And you can, Would you shut your dog up? <laughs> um, but they put all their cartoons up online for free because they know, you know, college kids and everybody's just going to download them anyway. Uh, and that kind of, you know, prevents that. And then people still buy their DVDs. I think in the future, books and records are, the producers will have to look at them as advertising for the real money-making activity. I think so, too. I think it's especially going to change the music industry, which I'm all for. I I hate the way the music industry is set up now. I also think Uh, that uh, you might might see some people uh, finding clever ways to release, like, packages so that when you buy an album it becomes not just for the music but it becomes like a memorabilia type thing right. where they release special things and with you know special pictures inside or whatever they want to do 
which is kind of like a record. You know, a record's a collectible item. You know, CDs not so much. So maybe yeah. music. Maybe CDs will, will be someday, though. I can't yeah, understand well, why. But maybe you know, maybe musicians will come up with clever ways to market their music so that what they're not selling is just music, but they're selling other things yeah. around it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. All right, well, good talking, you guys. Good yep. show. You too. Adam. All right, have a good, good night, Adam. Adam. Wow, glad we could talk to that guy uh, back from the uh, the dire cliffs of uh, statism back to. Uh, you know, some sensible uh, anarchy. <laughs> I kind of wish he jerked us around a little bit. I wish I was going into that. I was looking uh, forward to it. And forward he comes to back it. from the break and tells us he's changed his mind. It's unfortunate. <laughs> All right, we'll go back to the phones. Free Talk Live, who's this? Hi, this is Matt from Illinois. Hey, how's it going? Awesome, Illinois. Okay. How's it going? Um, I'm doing all right over here in the Soviet Socialist Republic of Illinois. <laughs> um, Obama land. Yeah, land. Yeah, really sorry about that. Anyway, um, uh, the last caller, what's his name, Alex? Adam. 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 I, yeah, I understand he was just uh, jerking you guys around. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I we, all, we all know him. That, so. Yeah, I did want to address that um, the, the issue because yeah, there are do people it. that will do that. What about the roads? And this whole, um, how am I going to stop a corporate entity from taking over the roads and deciding they don't like me and not letting me move. Um, is this uh, a, a, a good answer to that might be, hasn't that already happened? Has it? Yeah, well, sure. There's this corporation known as, or you could call it a corporation <laughs> known as the United States of America. Yeah. Sure, yeah, They're I agree. Pretty much taking over the roads, and at any time, they can... They can decide they don't like you and decide not to let you drive on their roads if they want to. That's a that's a great point. Or, yeah. In fact, they can decide that they don't like you so much that they want to throw you in a cold prison cell. Yeah, I had and hadn't thought away to bring... not just your rights, not just your rights to drive on the road, but but your rights to to walk on the sidewalks. Yeah. Or yeah. to to just come out of your house. There are definitely more or less. No, sorry. Continue. They more or less did that with uh, with the uh, with the Browns with Ed and Elaine Brown. That's more or less what they did to them. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this a little bit on the break. Uh, we talked about uh, the corporation scenario, how impractical it would be for them to buy every property around your house and not your house as well. Yeah. Why would they not buy your house? That makes no sense. Yeah. And why wouldn't right, they just? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody would have to have a personal vendetta against you, and it takes you know a real sadistic. Well, uh, just from a profit. Uh, understanding why would why would you buy a bunch of land around a house but then not buy the house as well? Yeah, just to screw that person. Just to screw that. That makes no sense it's, from a monetary perspective. It's pretty petty. I think I yeah. think most uh, entrepreneurs and even like the big corporate suits have much more important things on their mind. Than... Like buying your land too, in which yeah. case they'll offer you a nice <laughs> price for it, and you can either you know probably sell it. And and if you and if you use that argument, you can use the the uh, the the argument that when the government entity already owns the roads. They really have no more profit motive. They might be doing it just because somebody that's very powerful within exactly because they have no like profit you. motive. Yeah. All right. That's a been, brilliant point. Right. It's been great talking to you. Uh, feel free to call in about anything you want. 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, coming to you from Key, New Hampshire, 603-435-1105. With you, it's Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. Uh, Andrew Coe. Yep. And, uh, well, we've been talking about a whole whole mess of stuff tonight, I guess you might say. Uh, we talked uh, recently about uh, roads and uh, 
what would happen if somebody, a corporation came and bought up all the property around your house and not yours and wouldn't let you leave? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I wanted to say something more about that. Well, too bad, because now we're going to talk about... <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that, and when we were talking about it with uh, Adam version 1 and uh, talking about it over the break... Um, uh, that may that 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 maybe we gave it the topic sort of short shrift, and uh, so I wanted to say something, and this this is not really even satisfactory to me. But basically, my answer to that is that for the most part, um, we don't see that today. We don't see see governments buying houses around people for the sole purpose of not letting them travel. Although there was Killdozer, and that was um, there was a situation similar to that going on, right? But basically, like, um, uh, you don't see it too much today. It doesn't make sense for people to to anger their neighbors. And uh, the system we have, this coercive democracy, gives does not ha- have the, the the same incentives to be nice to people that a uh, more freer society would. Yeah, it has. It, it just ha- it just the idea of people doing that to each other kind of flies in the face of like of logic. And the incentives are just worse um, under, with, with a state. Yeah, I think if it happens rarely enough when there is a government, well, I mean, it does happen, but if it happens as little as it does when there is a government, it's going to happen even on less of an, you know, often basis without one, I'm sure. Uh, do you guys want to talk about that anymore or are we kind of done with that sentence? I'm spent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I would like to get you guys' opinion on some activism I have planned coming up. Sure. Yes. Uh, Shoot it. <laughs> um, so I uh, I had this idea of starting a, a flea market. Um, you know, they were everywhere in Florida when I lived down there, and I love them. You know, basically, somebody you just come set up a table, put your junk on there, or if you have like a specialty product you're trying to sell, you just sell it. And I'm thinking of just uh, having an open free market in uh, Railroad Square. I was originally going to do Central Square uh, for historical reasons, and I'll get into that more later. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, the idea is I'll just set up a table and I'll start selling stuff. I have a couple people who said they'd join me, um, and I'm going to uh, set up a sign as well. It says, uh, if you have anything you'd like to get rid of, any like sort of garage sale type items, just uh, come set up a table. Feel free to join me every week. It's going to happen uh, Saturday. Every Saturday morning, uh, 9 till noon about, uh, starting August 7th. That'll be the first weekend. And then I'm going to hope to run it all the way until it gets too cold to be out there and then open it again in the spring. Uh, so what do you guys uh, have any input on that or thoughts? Well, I'm so much more timid than you, Luther, that I would, um, if if it was my idea, I would do it somewhere that wasn't Railroad Square or Central Square. Yeah. But I applaud you for doing that. If you if you can make that happen, I, I'm hoping they get the foot traffic from downtown on a Saturday morning. I mean, that place is it's pretty busy here in Keene uh, at that time. So I'm figuring I'm hoping to get uh, you know more of the locals involved actually in this. I don't want it to be just a free state uh, uh, event. You know, I want it to be something everybody can get involved in. Uh, you know, families and uh huh. You know, really be open. And in that in that respect, since it's something you want to be everyone a keen community type thing, uh, I would say Railroad Square would be a better idea than Central Square. Yeah. Uh, not only because you don't want people stopping traffic all the time to come to, yeah, you know, which is probably your main uh, reason. Yeah, for, that was the main reason I moved it, and I'll have more room. Whereas it's just uh, narrow pathways in the park there and Central yeah, Square. Yeah, and Central Square seems more antagonistic because it already has that. Uh, for some people in the keen community, it already has that vibe of 
this is where people protest and things. So, I mean, right. Railroad Square would be more of a, you know, tread lightly. Nice and and the only reason I chose Central Square initially is because back uh, at the turn of the century through the 30s, uh, there would be public auctions in Central oh, Square. Nice. Yeah, back when the roads were still dirt and everything. Yeah. And uh, so, and that was sort of the genesis, the inspiration, as I saw a, a poster of it while I was working at someone's office. And uh, I kind of said, oh, you know, hey, I can do that. But I think Railroad Square would be your best bet. And second, if you do want it to be a community thing, I would say don't get a permit. You know, I mean, you know, screw, no. screw that. But uh, if the Keene government approaches you or if people within Keene approach you or if you hear of news of something going on or if you, uh, you know, if the, or if someone says, well, you know, to, you know, um, Saturday, the first Saturday in July, or excuse me, July has already passed. August. The first Saturday in August, let's say, you know, we've already got, you know, someone's already got a permit to use that ground on Saturday. You know, uh, you know, I, I think in your, it would be the right thing for you to do to move, yeah. in my opinion. Oh, because absolutely. Because it is a community thing, so if they've already got permits set I, up. I've already been thinking about Pumpkin Fest, you know, where yeah. am I going to hold it then? I you, was thinking Robin Hood Park, maybe, even, uh, yeah. or uh, Ashwaylat Park. But I would definitely, I would definitely, I think that would be, if you want it to be a community thing, then, you know, a little give, a little take. You definitely got to yeah. give a little to the yeah, community. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't want this to be uh, an antagonist. Antic- antagonistic form of uh, I was pronouncing it wrong myself yeah <laughs> that's probably where you got it from yeah way to mess me up yeah. no I don't want this to be an antagonistic form of uh, uh, civil disobedience or anything it's just uh, I just want to kind of have a nice simple calm peaceful form of agorism that's available that can open people to these ideas that you know we don't need a permit to uh, to do this uh, and that it can be done peacefully like I'm yep uh and what I'm saying is that part of that doing a peacefully thing is for a community. Yeah, you know, the way it would work without a government is that communities would have to talk. You'd have to yeah. say, well, hey, there's, there seems to be and families and stuff that don't want me doing these things. Maybe I should back off a little. And that's the community thing to do. I'm also hoping yeah. that they'll come and try to talk to me. Sure, yeah. Instead of calling the police. Of course, that would be you great. Know, and maybe I'll include that in my, my little sign, you know. <laughs> yeah, if you want to call the police, talk to me. Yeah, talk to me first. <laughs> well, maybe not that uh, straightforward, but. Yeah. Any problems, come see me. All I right. think it's a great idea, though. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you follow through with it. I'll definitely help out. Anyway. I definitely will. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, this is fun. Free Talk Live. Who's this? <laughs> hey. Hey. It's Michelle Seven Luther. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, M7? I'm, I'm doing great. How was that burning porcupine? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I rained at night and I got a little bit of water in my tent, but I'm all right. Oh, good. Well, you <laughs> <ride>. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So I'm really excited about the flea market, actually, and um, after church today, my kids and I walked around downtown for a couple hours before we went and caught a, a movie at the um, at the theater right down uh, on Main Street, and um, I was really surprised. The shops closed down. I mean, today's Sunday, obviously, right. so it's different than Saturday, but um, there, were a lot of, there was a lot of foot traffic, as you were saying, and... Um, so, yeah, I'm totally on board with the idea, and I'm going to bring something just, you know, to support the idea, even if I Great. don't sell anything, I'll be out there. But um, I have I have a suggestion. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> um, well, you know, there's been a lot of talk lately, as you know, about the disparity between what's being called the Keniacs and the Politicos, and, and um, Carla had mentioned to me back after Porkfest um, that she thought that there was room for some um, charm school or etiquette training within, <laughs> within the free state. I remember people I'm, talking about that. 
Yeah, I'm not really proposing that per se. However, I do think my kids and I, as we were walking around, we are pretty appalled at how slovenly everyone is just dressed. And I mean, no one wears collared shirts anymore, and everyone looks like they just rolled out of bed after <laughs> sleeping their clothes for three days. And are you, are you and, talking um, about the keen activists or just people no, in keen no, in no, general? No, just everyone Pork in general. Festers? Everyone in general. Oh, everyone. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, everyone. And it's just become a trend. You know, I mean, like, if you look back at pictures from the 20s when people would go to baseball games, you Mm -hmm. saw them and they were wearing hats and suits. Now they're wearing shirts covered with ketchup and beer, you know. (laughs) So, so, you know, if if, um, my suggestion would simply be that we, you know, make a decision that we're going to be dressed professionally for the... Um, I am an egregious violator. Uh, (laughs) Are you? I yeah I'm I'm sad to say I am but I could I can change I can you, I, you can move a mountain one rock at a time is what I believe <laughs> wise words from Johnny Ray um I I I love that idea I and it will hold you over after this break I want to uh, argue with her about it you want to argue back yeah no, I, I I love to wear suits actually uh, if it wasn't summertime I'd wear more more often but uh, I, I like to look good all right so we'll hold you back until the break. Uh, Uh, This is Free Talk Live. Uh, Be sure to call in uh, 603-435-1105. Maybe you think we should wear T-shirts with uh, ketchup and beer. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, coming to you live from Keene, New Hampshire, 603-435-1105. It's Luther with you. I'm Johnny Ray, a.k.a. The Scintillator. <laughs> <laughs> and a tough act to follow, but Andrew Carroll. <laughs> and uh, on the phone line, we got a new mover, Michelle Seven. Uh, Michelle, you there? Yes, I'm here. All right. So uh, we were talking about... Um, uh, Playing dress up. Playing yes, dress charm school. That's right. And uh, you were walking around downtown. You noticed people are dressed a little uh, disheveled. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I should I should preface and as a basis of comparison, the kids and I were over in France um, the month of April, uh-huh. and all of the kids remarked as we were walking around Paris, like, "Oh my gosh, everyone is dressed. Everyone from no matter how old they are." Uh-huh. And we were all over the place. We weren't just like in, you know, wealthy areas or whatever. We were all over the place. But you didn't see anyone with jeans hanging down halfway down their butt with their underwear sticking out. Or oh, it's just, um, yeah, everyone was, everyone looked like uh, they were dressed to show up kind yeah. of thing, you know. And and the kids, the fact that the kids noticed that I thought was pretty interesting. And, right. and um, ever since then, they've made a more concerted effort to... Very especially, you know, facial. How, how old are your kids? What's the range there? 14, 16, and 18. Okay. Um, yeah. Can I just ask, like, just so we can be clear about what's going on so I, so I don't have to argue with you? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, where where exactly are hey, you going with it? Who am I the... arguing with right now? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this, is Andrew. this is Andrew, sorry. Um, okay, I just want to okay. ask you where, I'm just being facetious, where exactly are you going with this? Are you saying that you want to do a, that you want to, like, start an etiquette school just for people in general to kind of, you know, what they should wear, how to present themselves in public. I mean, is that where you're going? I just want to be clear. Well, just, I just want to be okay, clear on what, what's no. happening here. No, 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 no. I, wouldn't, I would not be so bold. As to say, I will leave that to Queen Quill. <laughs> well, you were so bold as to call this show. And Carla, Carla is, is so wonderful, isn't she? She's 
I just love, I mean, seeing pictures of Carla yeah, just Carla is, brightens my day. Carla's a wonderful woman. That's for Carla sure. and I ate pig's eyes at Porkfest. Uh, we bonded over that. It's a delicacy, <laughs> oh, nice. actually. Well, if you notice that Porkfest, you know, most of the pictures that I'm in, I'm usually wearing a costume. So, I mean, I think that uh, I think that dressing the part is an important aspect of whatever you're doing. And, and you know, I'm not uh, – when I say professionally, there was a gal today who was uh, using Kansas spray paint to create uh, original works of art. And she was wearing, you know, black pants and a black tank top but she and was getting paint on herself. So, I mean, you wouldn't expect – her to, you know, right, wear, a, wear her finest dress, gown. You know. <laughs> right. So, but she was professionally in that she was all, it was all one color, monochromatic and it was clean and it, you know, whatever. But um, I just think that a lot of what is said gets discounted because, or, or disregarded because of the delivery. And I think that's such a shame. And, you know, we can all sit around going, am I allowed to swear online, by the way? Um, you're allowed. Yeah. You're allowed. Yeah, you're allowed. <laughs> Okay, well, too, um, I, we we got I mean, now you're allowed to. Right, if it's not going to come naturally, don't do it. But <laughs> yeah. if you if you if you were going to do it, we right. won't. Well, if one was going to slip out, I want to make sure it was. I wasn't going to be you know cut off. Yeah, there's anyway. been a lot of uh, a lot of uh, build up to it. You know, a lot of anticipation right. <laughs> into this swear. It better be a good one. Yeah. So right. So in any case, I just um, I think that it's a shame that that so much of the message is um, is ignored, especially by the people that are you know living downtown uh, or living in Keene or whatever, simply because of the delivery. Oh, you know? so now you're talking about activism. I mean, now you're referencing... She's um, tying it all in. I mean, Andrew. you're tying it all into the way that um, you believe that uh, liberty activists should portray themselves. Is that, is that what we're getting at here? Well, in, in a sense, sure. But I mean, I'm 42 years old. I've spent the last 30 years talking about liberty to people, and whether it's the grocery store or the gas station. Sure. I mean, I've even talked to people who are parked next to me at a stoplight. So I just think, I don't think that if you are a liberty lover that you go, oh, well, today I'm going to be an activist, but tomorrow I'm not. I just think that you, that is part of who you are and defines right. you. So whether you're intending it to be activism at, uh, at the railroad tracks, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in a way it tracks. is. No, I agree. Um, I yeah, agree completely. I, I, I'm completely in yeah. complete agreement with you. Uh, how it, how everything is handled, how it's done, and I've thought about what I'll do if the cops show up. You know how I want to handle that. I don't want it to be a screaming mob. I don't, you know, um, right. I, I I don't want this event to be, you know, a topless event or a 420ish event. You know, I kind of want to keep it family oriented. Keep it something everybody can enjoy, like the widest uh, range possible. Because truly, I stand to make more money that way. Obviously, um, sure. Uh, and and I totally agree. Like, I love it. And, like, I went to Europe, I went to Spain, and I loved seeing how, I know exactly what you're talking about, how people would dress up for the occasion. You know, they were really dressed to impress. And that's a lot of, a big part of communication is how you dress, actually, when you're interacting with other people. Yeah, right. you know, um, uh, Professor Von Mises taught us that uh, <laughs> slovenly dress and poor personal grooming habits were inevitably components of the boom-bust cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think... Yeah. I think we should try to understand, though, that uh, just as much as the dressing up appeal might appeal to someone like you or, or uh, you know, or to someone, you know, people who that appeals to them, that there are certain segments of society who are drawn to different things. And so when you talk about dressing the part, I think we have to understand that everybody does dress the part in their own way. Right. And if we are talking about I, I've never been to Europe, but if Europeans as a general rule, you know, the anecdotal evidence is here from you two that Europeans dress generally better than Americans, if that's what you're saying. Um, I'd say that Americans, you know, we like to have it our own way here. 
We like the individual sort of feel of things. Sure. You know, some people like to walk downtown with their hair dyed and wearing all black because they appeal to a certain population of that they're friends with. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, well, I guess is what I'm getting at. W- when I wear a suit, I still wear Chuck Taylors. I mean, uh, it's just... Uh, well, I mean, I walk I, down... I, I try to incorporate my personality. I walk down it. with a blue shirt and sandals. I mean, people have seen me go, you know, do things with a nice shirt and a nice coat, and then I'm wearing sandals. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, some right, people put zero... Some people put zero effort hard. into the way that they look. And, of course, that's a yeah. that's a choice that they're making, but it's a little different from uh, Andrew, uh, their style... Um, conflicting with sure. Michelle Sevens or somebody else's. I agree with what you're saying. People just don't care. I agree with your well, point. For example, if someone was cutting my hair and their arms were raised above me, I would want them to be wearing deodorant and have shaved arms. Just sure. That's sure. yeah, just my thing. If someone is preparing me food, I have really long hair. I know that my food gets my hair gets in everyone's food unless it's tied back. I want it tied back. So I'm not suggesting that everyone be, you know, wearing wearing a suit necessarily but just appropriate for whatever it is that they're doing oh yeah i agree yeah definitely you should always dress for the occasion i feel yeah i wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to misconstrue what you were saying my apologies just i understand understand what you're saying yeah but we are going to have what is it who is it is it hannah or is it buzz someone wants to have a dance someone wants to have a ball right uh it was smeg actually i believe she it was her her idea yeah talking about a a formal in keen yeah and I, i I can't wait for it. I, I told her anything I could do to help to get that ball rolling. Uh, just let me know. Yes. So I, I would be. I, I want to go to that, but I need a date. <laughs> oh man, I I don't know if you can find eligible single men in the Free State Project. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll look for you. We'll help you. Get the word out for me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll get back to watching you guys, and um, it's good to see y'all. Uh, all right. Okay. It was great talking to you, Michelle. Bye, Michelle. Have a good one. Yeah. Any uh, follow-up thoughts, you guys? I've never liked the way Andrew dresses. <laughs> I got to agree with you. I mean, come on. Th- button up that top button, at least. You know, wear a shirt I agree underneath. with her point about, you know, portraying yourself a certain Cover way. Cover up as much as that pale, so gingery skin you can. Well, I can't do anything about my, my ginger skin. <laughs> so. This is Free Talk Live. We'll be right back. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, coming to you live from Keene, New Hampshire. 603-435-1105 is the number you call. Call and talk about anything you want, from the political to the personal. It's Luther here with you. I'm J- Johnny Ray. And uh, Andrew Carroll. <laughs> you got to stop messing them up, man. Yeah, I can. Let me go before you, then, in that case. All right. So, uh, Michelle called in, and she wanted to talk about uh, Michelle Seven, a uh, new mover. Uh, she wanted to talk about uh, uh, dress, dress to impress, you know, dress to the part, whatever you're doing for the occasion, you know. Uh, but uh, she mentioned at the beginning of her statement uh, something about the Politico Keen schism, and we wanted to jump back into that. Ooh, always interesting topic. Yes, um, Andrew Carroll. For those who don't know, was billed as the ambassador to the schism. That's true, and uh, he did a wonderful job. Um, you know, bridging the divide there. Yeah. <laughs> Have I? Should Should we tell people what the schism is? I mean, I would assume everybody. I would think anyone who's listened to this program probably know, but we can yeah, we, we can recap. Yeah, yeah do, if you want to recap, go um, ahead. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not that involved in it, and honestly, like as far as I'm concerned, there is no schism. Uh, but 
apparently uh oh there there's a schism oh there is it exists it's not it's a name for a I'm real not phenomenon. any part of it it's it's a it's a description of something that's actually occurring yes. I'm not any part of maybe you should describe it then you seem okay. to know more than I do well there is a general it just schism. seems like drama it's not just drama because drama implies argumentation or disagreement over things that you and I might deem to be petty, which a lot of the schism, some of the schism does involve petty things. Um, most of this, or trivial things, whatever, you want to, whatever word you want to use. Right. Most of the schism involves the real serious, real philosophical discussion of how are we to, you know, us marketers of the ideas of liberty, how are we to market the ideas of liberty? How are we to go out there and sell our ideas? How are we to initiate the kind of change we want to see? And, you know, that's what the schism well, is about. And that's, well, is, there, is there really any one way that's right? No, no. But the general idea of the schism and the general gist of what people call the schism is that there is the keen crowd. So, you know, quote unquote, which, you know, that's just a generalization, generalizing term doesn't mean everyone in keen abides by it doesn't mean, you know, so whatever you understand um, that we take or that people in keen take the civil disobedience, you know, side of things. And then there's a general political side, what they call the political side, where they like to do in them in the in the system activism as opposed to out of the system activism. Right. That's just the general yeah. idea. And um while there might not be a right way, I think there is a wrong way, and I think that uh, Andrew Carroll is going down <laughs> the wrong road. You are a cancer upon this movement, oh my Andrew. God. Poison uh, in the well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, yes, I, I really don't even know where to start with this. I mean, <laughs> well, Andrew, tell us about your early days in Manchester, and um, I mean, what what sort of stuff did you do? Over there, I remember the girls were not as good-looking in Manchester as they are in Keene. Uh, That's which... a lie, a bold-faced lie! <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> well, I think it's been mentioned before about how many pretty girls there are in Keene. In the, uh, how many reasons are there? 111? 130-plus. 130-plus. Yeah, well, it's, it's titled 101, but there are more than 101 reasons, yeah. Okay. A um, lot of, lot of, lot of uh, beautiful ladies in Keene. And some homely ones. But anyway, <laughs> so what's your point, John? What are you getting at? <laughs> uh, no, just just that. What I said that there's a bunch of pre- oh oh right. Uh, your early days in Manchester. What were uh, I mean? Did, were you were people talking about bills and and going up to Concord and stuff like yeah, that? There's, there's definitely much more of that in Manchester than there is of Keene of talking about making trips to Concord, uh, testifying at uh, state committees. Um, you know. Uh, at hearings and whatnot, um, working with representatives, talking to them about where they should stand on bills, working with the NHLA, which for those of you who don't know is the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, nhliberty.org, as uh, David Ridley would say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, there's j- definitely a lot more of that going on in that area. And in general, pretty much everywhere else in the state, that's what goes on. Yeah, I remember <laughs> the one time I went up to Concord um, was for the Jeffersonian Principles. HCR6, yeah. Yeah. And um, the the experience was totally was unlike anything that I was expecting. If I'd wanted to, I could have gone up that day and testified before that committee about why they should or should not um, put their endorsement on that bill. And it was, I mean, in, in North Carolina, where I'm from, uh, I, I I seriously doubt anything <laughs> like that could have happened. The politics um, in New Hampshire is is um, unlike. Um, anywhere else yeah that's for sure the new hampshire political experience is liberating to anyone who's never been in it or is used to operating outside you know if you're doing civil disobedience in other parts of the country or thinking about it you might move to new hampshire and 
become enlightened to the ways of New Hampshire politics and realize that it's a pretty liberating experience. If you're doing politics in other states, uh, you're wasting your time. <laughs> and you, really, you really should move to New Hampshire. Wow, just, just laying just it all straight out there up for them. Especially if you're in big states like I mean, California, where be, I come from. Be honest, Andrew. Just tell, to, tell us how you feel. Yeah, t- speak your mind. If you live in California, where I used to come from, and you're doing politics out there, you're wasting your time for sure. Uh, you know, Ian comes from Florida, as do you. Yeah, yeah. And you would, you know, Ian would, could tell us about the Libertarian Party down there. Uh, I went and uh, gave a, an address to their, um, to the Florida State Libertarian Party Convention just this year. And I pretty much told them that what they were doing was a was a waste of time. Waste of time. Um, you know, I pretty much said exactly well, that. They flew you down there, boarded you up, and... Uh... Well, no, the guys knew who flew me down there what I was going to say, and they agreed with my message. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't say... I pretty much told them that, look, you know, I hope you guys succeed. I hope you what you're doing down here works. But, you know, if it ever doesn't, or if you ever come to realize that the Florida monster that is, you know, the monster of the federal, the state government, excuse me, down there, is just too much to handle... You know, come up to New Hampshire because, you know, we got a lot of work that we can do up here and it's much easier, much easier. Yeah, I agree. And so much fun. And it's much more fun. We make it fun. We do make it fun. Absolutely. And you got to make it fun, everything you do. Uh, Yeah, but um, I feel there's plenty of room for political activism in Keene. Uh, I wish there was more of it. Uh, There's maybe a handful of minarchists, uh, I guess, in town, it seems. Well, not just the minarchists are doing political activism. Right, right. Remember that. Even across the state, there are there are there are um, you know so-called anarchists doing yeah. political activism, and it seems like some people on the minarchist side of the schism will try to br- use a broad paintbrush and uh, sort of make it seem like all anarchists in Keene are totally against political action. Yeah, they do. I mean, some people do that. There's lots of generalizing going on. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's it's dangerous, and especially from like an outsider's point of view, looking in on this movement and saying, "Well, all you guys do is infight." I mean. Why should I come and join that? I love the infighting, personally. Yeah, I, I am not a fan. I mean, I don't like the infighting, the actual act of infighting, but I think it's great that we diversify our means I, of I expressing think, yeah, di- ourselves. Diversifying is a great thing. I think I don't think everybody should be doing the same brand of sure. uh, Kool-Aid. I know. mean, this is market specialization. I mean, the fact that we're doing different things proves that our movement is not only big enough to actually afford to be able to diversify and to specialize, but it also proves that... Um, that our movement is making enough progress, just as a general rule, that we're able to start differentiating ourselves from one another. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. speaks volumes. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> do you guys want to uh, go on to the story I have? Yes, uh, please. Yeah, I w- I wanted to add what I was thinking about Andrew while you were talking was just what a great job and how much fun I'm having with Luther as the uh, number one man here today. Oh uh, well, thank you. Kudos I, to I you, agree. Luther. Flattery will get you nowhere. <laughs> But he keeps you. insulting me and flattering you. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Just fine, follow I'll the start. logic. There's a, there's a reason for, <laughs> for all of that. Yeah, take the hint. Andrew. Oh, I would like to say um, that, uh, you know, to anybody who might be a little confused, I've known Andrew for a very long time. I've said a lot of disparaging things about him tonight. and um, It's all true. It's Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally 100% serious about all of it. Andrew has many horrible problems. <laughs> Crack addiction among them. <laughs> That is all. <laughs> You're doing a great job, Luther. Well, and with that, we're going to go to this story I have. <laughs> a nice segue moment there. Um, uh, so this happened down in Tennessee. A uh, young man was arrested. Uh, and this is from uh, AOLnews.com. Uh, and actually, this is kind of old, <laughs> about a month old. I've kind of been holding on to it, so we'll just get to it. Officials have dismissed all charges against a Chattanooga, Tennessee newlywed who was arrested after rushing uh, his ailing wife to the hospital. Uh, 
Well, I guess I hear that music. Yeah, we got the music coming. Bad cue, timing. You know, cue uh, commercial break. But we'll we'll get right back into this unless uh, we can still take your calls. 603-435-1105. Uh, hey, this is Free call. Talk Live. We, we're looking forward Please to it. Please call us. <laughs> Please call us. <laughs> we're not desperate. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, coming to you from Keene, New Hampshire, 603-435-1105. You can call in and talk about anything. This is Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. And Andrew Coe. Yes, and uh, we, uh, we are going about to talk about some uh, charges uh, that were fortunately dropped against a young man uh, trying to rush his uh, newlywed wife to the hospital. Officials have dismissed all charges against a Chattanooga, Tennessee newlywed who was arrested after rushing his ailing wife to the hospital. Eric Wright, a 27-year-old trained emergency medic, and his wife, uh, uh, Eileen, I guess, or Aileen, um, a registered nurse, are, were enjoying what was supposed to be their honeymoon at home last week when Eileen uh, apparently uh, appeared to be having a stroke. Knowing he had to get his wife, a cancer survivor with a heart condition, to a hospital as soon as possible, Eric drove her to uh, the Erlanger Medical Center, uh, which they both work. He said uh, he stopped at and then ran two red lights en route to the hospital when a police officer flashed his lights behind their car. Eric said he did not pull over because he knew every minute counted. At the hospital, Eric said Chattanooga police officer Jim Dave stood in his way as he tried to carry Aileen uh, a left leg amputee wow, this lady story just keeps getting sadder and sadder, um, into the emergency room. Uh, I remember having to stop. I was trying to explain the situation, but he didn't really stop to listen. He never asked what her condition was, Eric told AOL News Sunday. Uh, I remember having to step around him, excuse me, to get into the emergency room. Then Eric said the officer repeatedly attempted to enter the room where Aileen was being treated. Two days later, Eric was arrested, charged with assault on a police officer, disorderly conduct, restless endangerment, and a felony count of evading arrest, as well as a traffic violation. Restless enda- re- reckless endangerment. Justice, Did I say restless? Justice served, gentlemen. Justice served. <laughs> wow, that's monstrous. It, it is. I mean, cancer survivor, heart condition, amputee. Lock them all away. Having a stroke. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just because he didn't uh, listen to this cop, you know, this cop just wanted to be in charge, you know, wasn't hearing, you know, my wife is dying, which is a pretty more important than, I would say, paying attention to some guy doing his job. I agree. Um, it That's goes, crazy. Where'd you pick that story up? Where, I mean, where'd you hear that? Uh, I forget where I got this. I f- I, like I said, I've had it in my box for a while. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to get to it. That's a good one. Well, That's absolutely insane. It goes on. Uh, <laughs> Gets better. Yeah. Well, can can I finish? Yeah. No. Is, go ahead. Is that okay with yeah, you, no, Andrew? I mean, we're doing the show here. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, according to WATC News Channel Nine, the officer's affidavit said defendant stopped in the ER entrance and jumped out and ran. Police made contact with defendant at the passenger side of the vehicle, and I grabbed the defendant's arm, and he pushed me away, scraping my arm with his fingernail. Oh no. Somebody needs a Band-Aid. <laughs> Sounds like somebody needs a Hello Kitty Band-Aid. <laughs> or for the more adventurous, Dora the Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eric has denied those allegations, saying he never had any physical contact with the officer. Today, all of the charges were dropped. Hamilton County District Attorney General William Cox's motion to dismiss said that sufficient necessity existed, which would negate any criminal intent on the part of the defendant. The officer in this in the case has been uh, placed on paid administrative leave, paid vacation essentially, pending an internal investigations into the matter, according to the Associated Press. Uh, a message left by AOL News with the Chattanooga Police Department for comment was not immediately returned. Eric was also suspended from his job at El Ranger. Uh, it is a matter of routine to suspend an employee once he, she has been charged with a felony offense, uh, the hospital said. The hospital decided on Monday to lift Eric's suspension as well as pay him for the day he of uh, work he missed. Eric told AOL News on Sunday that doctors were not able to determine whether his wife had suffered a stroke, but he said she planned to follow up with a neurologist. Well, at least it got better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there there have been cases. Uh, there was a fellow down in Texas who was trying to drive his mother. She was, uh, I forget what was happening. I think she was having a heart attack or cardiac arrest or something, and the cop wouldn't listen to her, wouldn't let her, go, wouldn't let him go. You know, she was dying. The the nurses in the emergency room were coming out begging the cops, you know, to just let him go, and it was all on videotape. Uh, do you guys remember that at all? No. No, not I. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's good to see it go a good way once, so I'm... Pretty upset that he got the officer got paid uh, yeah. vacation. Johnny and I are our watchers, as he put it earlier, but we don't really watch anything important. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Fallout Three a for lot the of past uh, two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, about your the story, Luther. I think most most police officers should just quit their jobs because they're being paid with stolen property. However, having said that, um. The, the incentives they have in our coercive democracy are to maintain control of every situation they're in. And um, it's it's unhealthy. I feel like I understand it, though. Right. Well, it's like I'm sure the cop was thinking, who knows what kind of trouble he'll get in, uh-huh. you know, for letting that guy go. He might be thinking that, uh, you know. I mean, there's all sorts of different incentives going on there that that complex things. Yeah, maybe he was, but as an outsider, me, it seems to me that more often than not, then they just see a situation where somebody's not obeying, and it upsets them, and they get enraged. They uh, kind of feel a superiority, like they need to uh, crack down on that. I guess that I just when I try to explain situations, I always look less to people's intentions and more to the incentives that surround them. I just feel like it's more of a useful explanation. But I mean, I, I guess what I'm, I wouldn't dare to begin to question whether the cop was a good guy or a bad guy or whether he, you know, felt that his power was being threatened or whether he was just following orders, you know. But I would say, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say that he's necessarily a bad guy. He's probably just right. got to do what he's got to do. I don't know. What he thinks he's got to do. Yeah. 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 I, I can't say I approve of uh, blindly following orders. No, me either. But yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> Whoa, what's with the... Uh, <laughs> I, I really did poison the well. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah, you really... Uh, so people are going to start calling in and start harassing me now. Yeah. I hope you don't get a break all night, Andrew. Actually, wait, Adam already harassed yeah. me earlier today. 603-435-1105 <laughs> is the number. Call in and uh, tell us what you hate about Andrew Carroll. Please do. I can't wait to hear. No, that's not true. Don't do that. I used to work... I used to work <laughs> it's at, true. Do that. I used to work at a convenience store in Asheville. And um, I was stopping by there one day on my way home, I think, um, probably to get some donuts because we had Krispy Kreme down there yeah, um, nice. in in the gas station. And I got some and I was uh, <laughs> leaving and one of my coworkers came running out after me because he he 
had wanted some information about a rehearsal that I had gone to or something or an audition, I should say. And uh, a police officer saw saw the employee running after me as I was driving away. And I was eating these donuts. He pulled me over. And um, so I had white powder around my mouth. <laughs> and he, he came up to the car and he looked at me. And, and I had went, you know, I saw him and I put my donut down and closed the box and I had powder around my mouth and I was chewing. And when he saw me, he grabbed like my face. He grabbed my <laughs> jaw and squeezed and he shouted at me to open my mouth, open my mouth. And it was, uh, wow, it was, it how was amazing. You, how come you've never told me this story before? Uh, it's, um... It's not really an experience that I like to tell people about, Andrew. It's a little embarrassing. I'm bearing my soul to Luther, really. <laughs> and probably like the hundreds of other people who are listening tonight. Um, but I pretty much just smiled and took it. And, uh, then, <laughs> right. and, and he wanted to search my car. Um, I think to sort of like, like after I explained to him that it was donuts and I wasn't eating cocaine. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, I, I think he was a little embarrassed, which meant that he had to search my car, right. to, you, kind know, of, you know, cause gosh, if he had found something, then he could just put that unpleasant experience behind him, but he never did. He, uh, you know, I didn't have any, anything illegal in my car. You had swallowed it by then. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing I did down there was just say, Hey, keep up the good work, buddy. <laughs> but you come up here and you're just emboldened to act the way you want to. And, um, it's uh it's you get you get better at uh, dealing with the police and you have a better understanding of them and you you want to me personally I want to reach out to them and um and and make personal appeals to them and uh I enjoy it I love it you and any lover of liberty should come here to Keene New Hampshire this is where it's this is the anarchist capital of the world and it's beautiful I agree completely yeah, with that it is, statement. It's, com- it's completely uh, beautiful. I love the area. And not only is the area beautiful, but the people are beautiful. I mean, New Hampshire people well, are, are really a breed of their own. Well, I mean, maybe Michelle Seven would disagree with me on that one. But Oh, I, I wasn't talking about it. Uh, oh, sorry. Anyway, I'm just saying, go on, Andrew. Hey, I was saying that New Hampshire people, as a general rule, are different from, than people from other states, and it's right. really something you should check out for yourself because they're... You're yeah, dirty it's collectivist, definitely a different, Andrew. Different. <laughs> I'm a dirty collectivist. Here I am talking about New Hampshire it, people. It's, there's definitely a different culture up here than there. Oh, yeah, they're already practically And even, even just driving, like, you go over the border to Vermont, and it's like, it's a little different. It's still New England, northern New England. Yeah. And same with Maine and Mass. Yep. It's like their own little countries here. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back, and we'll be taking your calls, hopefully. 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, 603-435-1105 is the number. You can call in and talk about anything, anything at all, anything, please. This is Luther with you. I'm Johnny Ray. And Andrew Carroll. Yep. And, uh, well, what were we talking about, guys? I think we were just getting ready to launch into a very thorough discussion of Fallout 3. 
Uh, what am is I, that? Am I wrong about that? I think we wanted to first say that we all love that commercial that just aired right before we came on. <laughs> yeah, the about uh, the whitest kids you know. Yeah, um, with the politician just yeah telling it like it is. Oh my gosh, we have a call, guys. Wonderful. Should we go to it or I mean I don't know. I'm a little nervous. To the phones, to the phone. We can either go to the call or we can just you know leave him on hold for a while and ramble on about Call of Duty Four <laughs> and the whitest kids you know. <laughs> okay, this is Free Talk Live. Who's this? This is uh, Ryder. Hey. hey! All right. What's going on, so, man? Uh, that's funny that Johnny Ray, I think it was Johnny, just mentioned Fallout 3, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to call in not about Fallout 3, but I wanted to call in about Portal 2. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming out in, well, it was going to be at the end of 2010, but it's now going to be 2011. Oh, man. But more interesting, that, more interesting the actual game was the way that Valve announced it. Uh-huh. It was, I don't know if you know, Portal came out, in, and feel free to cut me off at any time when this becomes too boring for the Sunday <laughs> show. <laughs> All right, it's been great talking to you. Uh, no, go on, Nick. I'm kidding. Portal came, Portal came out in 2007, as some of you may know, and then early in 2010, they uh, updated it, sent down an online update that sort of added some objects to it and uh, sort of some hidden, I guess, audio files to the game that you could find. Cool. And people, t- and the people so this really activated the community that hadn't played the game for several years, right? Yeah. Uh, so the community gets really active, and they go and find these hidden objects and the objects ended up being like 26 or so audio files. And for a long time, it was on. It was all over the forums. People didn't know what these audio files meant. It was just. It sort of sounded like Morse code, or just mixed up, uh, just audio mess. Uh, but what ended up happening was someone who's like, and this really shows the effectiveness of a big community working together. I think someone who was a ham radio operator, like for fun, decided that some of this sounded like SSTV which is a really old technology to send images um, across radio waves. Wow. And, and putting this audio file through a converter actually uh, converted these files to something like 26 different images. That's so which, awesome. Um, I know. And then that was another puzzle in itself. These images had letters and things in it and a phone number. And it ended up being actually... No, the, actually the phone number was decoded from hash codes that they got from the images, which then linked to a... And Ian might. Uh, Ian's um, not here. Happy. Right, but if he hears this, he might. You know, he might respect this that Valve did. They set up an actual BBS, um, which is like what 1990s technology or something like that. Yeah, right. So someone had to call in this number that was encoded <laughs> in it uh, with a dial-up modem, and getting to that point, you get more information, and eventually it led to the announcement of Portal Two. So I thought that was really interesting how. Uh, the developers really activated the community before actually announcing the game. It sort of got everyone really focused in on it. I think it's increased the hype about the game a lot, but it's sad that it's been delayed till uh, 2011. Right. What do you think of that? That's how I announced my candidacy, actually, and I'm a little I'm a little worried about IP because I think they might have stolen that idea from me. I was that uh, made <laughs> me think of IP too, and just how um like like uh, innovative kind of marketing is um it's. It's it's going to be key in uh, a world that where where we don't have IP enforced by by law, and just exciting things like that 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 make that really energize people about your product is how you're gonna is how you're gonna make money. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's a great way to, like you say, get the community involved behind that game. And uh, uh, it sounds like it's a puzzle game already, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so it's just giving, you know, people more puzzles uh, to solve, and I think that's a great idea. 
I think it really just shows the genius behind a big community because I, I could go to bed and then wake up the next day and everyone's like solved everything. Yet, um, did you follow? Were you following that as it was happening, Ryder? No, actually, I found out about it like the Friday that it happened, and I think it started Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so I followed it sort of after it had happened. I stepped through what had happened, and it was really impressive to me. Are you saying that the the announcement of uh, Portal Two came days after they put in? The update to Portal One. Uh, yes. Cool. I think. Cool. I, I, yeah, I believe the it's called an ARG. It stands for Alternate Reality Game, yeah. uh, which is a game outside of you know the normal game. Uh, so I think the announcement came a couple days after they started the puzzle. Right. Uh, I I've so, seen this type of marketing on other things. I know Lost was doing it for a while. They had like an expanded universe uh, that dealt more with the Dharma initiative. Uh, it was called the Lost Experience and it was a game uh you would follow like the story of the Hanzo Foundation and stuff like that. Right. I think a lot of a lot of organizations are getting into more real life stuff. For example, Dunder Mifflin, I believe, has a website. <laughs> right. and, of that is, and of course that's the fictional paper company from the office. Yes, but I believe I believe they have a website that's set up almost like an exact replica of you know what you'd actually see if it existed. Right, with a a, a place to order paper and. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm glad they used um, uh, Mifflin because uh, Houghton Mifflin was a publisher of so many textbooks of mine growing up that uh, I just think it's funny that this um, that they used Mifflin. I don't know. <laughs> it's a funny name. Anything else you want to? Okay, not really. If anyone else wants to talk about Portal Two, I can probably comment on it. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else in the studio has been following things like that. Well, how is it going to improve on Portal One? Uh, there's going to be a whole lot of new features in Portal One. They just had certain certain puzzle aspects like moving platforms and portals, but Portal Two is implementing things like paint, uh, which is stolen. Not stolen, um, obviously, but it's because Valve would never do something like that. But it's being contracted out um, by a game called Tag, I think, where uh-huh. Tag, the focus of Tag was to paint the walls certain things and, hmm. and change the attributes of them. Like, you could make a floor that's normal, now it's a bouncy floor or something. And I think Portal 2 is taking that idea and expanding on it, much like Portal 1 took an idea from an independent developer and actually hired them on the staff and created the full Portal game. Right. Um on the personal tip, my twin brother David was a big Portal fan, and he loved the ending to that. Uh, the ending to that game, he said, was uh, was so amazing. And I, I never played it. I, I think I played the first two or three rooms. Because the game, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ryder, you might be be able to do a better job of explaining it, but it's a, uh, right. it's, it's a first-person perspective, and you sort of shoot the walls and make a hole in the wall, and then you jump through the hole... And um, come out somewhere else. Yes, come out somewhere else. Yep. Oh, isn't this a, is this like a uh, like a, a web browser game, right? No, no, no. no it's a PC it's game. First, oh, you actually had to first buy it. Shooter. Oh, okay. Right, right. but you don't have a nowadays. you don't like shoot enemies. You don't have a gun that kills. It was uh, part of Orange Box, right? Isn't that the name of it? Correct. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I don't know what I'm. I don't know. Yeah, okay, I never heard of it. So, but anyway, about the ending, I guess the, it was a really unique ending as far as it ended with a song that ended up being a meme almost. I guess you. I think you would be accurate to say the song became a meme because it's all over the place. Really? Uh, so that, yeah, it's uh, called "Still Alive," and if you YouTube it, you could easily hear it. All but, right. Well. Um, uh, okay. 
Hopefully uh, we'll have you back here uh, in the studio sometime, Ryder, uh, doing Free Talk Live with us. Uh, it's great to hear from you. Great job, Ryder. Thanks All for right. calling. Bye. Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't, I didn't follow the technicalities of what he was saying because I don't know anything about computers, but it sounded really crazy. Yeah, that, I, and that people would just figure it out naturally. Is even, yeah, I don't amazing. know how they yeah. figure these things out. That's, I mean, yeah. Uh, but I, uh, I've watched Nick play the game. It seems like an interesting game. Huh. Yep. I don't think I've, I, um, judge based on the little bit that I played, I don't think I'd be smart enough to beat it, or I wouldn't <laughs> have the patience not to cheat. <laughs> yeah, look up a walkthrough. Yeah, yeah. I'm, right. a, I'm. I try to keep myself from cheating at video games, but it's so difficult. I know. All right, so we got another call on the line. This is Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hey, this is Michael and Keem. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was called, uh, yeah, I need to... Uh, you guys already, um, oh, listen to that, Michael. We're out of time. I guess we'll just have to let you go. Oh, thanks for taking my call, then. Yeah, no, no, stay, no, stay. No, 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 I'm kidding. We'll hold you over for the break, man. All right, 603-435-1105 is the number. Call in and talk about anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. 603-435-1105 is the number. You can call in and talk about anything. Uh, this is Luther. This is Johnny Ray. This is Andrew Coe. And this is the Sunday edition of the show. Uh, every Sunday, well, Monday through Saturday, uh, Ian and Mark do the regular version of the show, which is syndicated uh, all across the nation. Uh, I think they have, they're up to 80 affiliates now. And uh, so Sundays, uh, some of us uh, third chair co-hosts uh, will take turns hosting the show. We get to set up our own lineup, uh, screen calls how we want, uh, talk about what we want. It's a great opportunity. And tonight, uh, we've been talking about a wide range of things, but now we have Michael and Keen on line five. Michael, you still there? Hey, guys. Hey, Michael. Hey. Yes, I am. I just want to say thank you so much for having me. And it's great that Ian and Mark have the, the Sunday edition to have rotating hosts coming in one after another and having a chance to take control like you have, Luther. You're doing a great job, by yeah, the way. Thank you. Thank you. Flatter- yeah, flattery call- will get you nowhere, my friend. It's really fun, Michael. <laughs> I bet it is. It is. I bet it is. Uh, I, wanted, I only started listening uh, just recently. Uh, have you had a chance to talk to Mr. Carroll's uh, future ambitions of being a state rep? A little bit. Not enough, though. He- no? He doesn't seem to want to uh, discuss it in any great detail. He's, oh, no, we can discuss it. Uh, yeah, I think he would. Very he secretive. We can discuss that. it in great detail. It's just I didn't think. You know, we were talking about other things. No reason to force it, in, force, force it you know. No, um, no, it's not. It's, uh, it's, uh, I, I think uh, people want to hear about that because a lot of times when people hear of Keen, they hear of the civil disobedience, non-cooperation, a lot of stuff that's very – it creates a lot of media and generates a lot of buzz. But I am looking forward to his campaign because I want to see – those politicians come up against, uh, you know, pre-Keniac uh, wanting to be a state rep. I want to see their reactions. And I, I do want him to win. I, I do support him, and I do encourage others uh, to contribute what they can, time or money. How is the website going, by the way, Andrew? It's coming along very well, actually. Um, very well. I, I finally got, you know, the, the donation thing to work properly, thanks to this organization that worked with Democrats to come through for me, uh, which is great. Um so I'll be definitely releasing that in a couple of days. Um, I want to get on Free Talk Live at some point uh, with Mark and Ian and do a you know a more formal interview with them and talk about things. Um, 
Before I go into anything, though, Michael, I want to ask you, you know, switch the tables here. How do you yeah. feel? Because I know that you, I mean, you consider yourself an anarchist. Uh, do, do you not? Or Yeah, I do. How do you feel I about do. participating in the system? I mean, and voting, let's say you were to vote for me. I mean, how would you rationalize that? I just want to, I just want to hear. That's all. Oh, um, I guess it's not, uh, for me, it just comes down to, I, I do somewhat see a pragmatic approach to the, the using the politics. I, I do appreciate the principle and the wanting to be as purist on the idea of, of liberty, but as long as we have this system, and I did sign the pledge to move to New Hampshire to use the most expedient means to affect change, uh-huh. and uh, you know that's that was my original agreement. I wasn't an anarchist even when I signed that. I, so I don't I think do. I was either. No. Oh no. No, I was. Oh, I mean, wait, say that again. He said he, he was not. Uh, he said he wasn't an anarchist when he signed the statement of intent, and I wasn't either. I was probably an anarchist. Uh, yeah. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> it's a holdover from that uh, the uh, prior prior times, but uh, no, I, I guess that's all it is. Is that uh, it's it's a way for me to get the message out of liberty. That's how I see it personally, because a lot of, when you try to talk to people about the ideas or just the philosophy. It's, they're too wrapped up in the government paradigm. The two, there's too much meaning. It means too much to a lot of people. So for a lot of people, they want to hear it from an authority figure. And a state rep is an authority figure, whether or not you or I believe it is, which I don't believe it is myself. They're just, they're just people. And they definitely sway people. some power. Yeah, they are just people, but they definitely sway some power. But it, it is only in the mind. And so uh, that, that would just be the way I see it, Andrew. Far as it's a way to get a message out that otherwise someone wouldn't want to hear. Sure, I, yeah, I think yeah. that's Andrew. When when you and I have talked about this, that's exactly how you have um, described it to me as a uh, as a great medium to share the message, the wonderful message of freedom. Yeah, it's just a way to reach out to people who you might not otherwise reach out to, who might not uh, want to hear it in in, in in different ways because you know they. People are different, and they have different ways of reaching uh, different paths. And so, you know, to me, running for office is just a nice way to do outreach. It's just another form of activism to talk to people about the ideas that, you know, that we believe in or, you know, maybe we disagree on certain ideas. But it's just a nice way to get out there and talk to people. And in a, in a way, you know, with a nice suit and a nice tie, you know, as Michelle was talking, present yourself in a certain manner and uh, just talk calmly and gently and, you know, and listen to people and just sort of gauge what's going on. I don't know. I think... Especially here in Keene, it'll be a nice contrast to yeah. what you see going on at the nightcap, and it'll let people start to realize that you know we're we're all technically here for the same reason, which is you know we want to be free, but we don't necessarily agree with one another all the time right. on on the on the means that's, to that's a part of that. what I want to do with the flea market as well is that it it'll be more open to the community at at, at wide opposed to just uh just the pot smokers you know or just uh, <laughs> those those damn yeah. pot smokers yeah. Um, yeah. Well, just another way to bring them in. Yeah, you know, yeah, bring exactly. The community, wider community in. Exactly. So in that, like stuff like that, or starting up uh, alternate schools to where maybe some people that are not affiliated with any of the activism will they'll be interested enough to want to bring their kids to that. Right, especially yeah. if it's affordable. Yeah, and that's what yeah. we t- and that's what I talk about sometimes with people is that you know there's activism like Ian and Mark do activism, which is you know intense twenty four seven. They they got their radio show. They do a lot of things. They're always helping other people out. And, uh, that, you know, that's incredible, the amount of work they put into it. But then there's activism like the rest of us do where we kind of got jobs and, you know, maybe we don't get arrested. But activism, like I like to say that John, Johnny Ray here does, which is, you know, he kind of lives his life 
and he makes his moonshine. He's got his little agorist thing going on. But then he also, you know, he acts in local theaters. He gets involved in the community. He hangs out with people who are not, you know, right. libertarians. And he just kind of indulges himself in the community in a more productive manner. Right. I, I've done that, uh, and yeah. I haven't gone in a while, but I, uh, I, for a time I was singing with the Cheshireman, which is there, the yeah. yep. chorus. Uh, and I've, yeah. I, I'll, I'll start going back. I've been kind of busy. I've been getting home really late and uh, can't always make it to practice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Cheshireman is a great tradition uh, here in the Monadnock region. Absolutely, you know, and uh, it's a, it's like a giant barbershop quartet. So not a quartet. Yeah, it's a choir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah still, a giant no, barbershop still choir. Part in harmony, Multiple but, quartets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, well, uh, so Andrew, uh, are you going to have any events coming up? Any uh, fundraisers or anything of that nature to try to build up? Some? Yeah, yeah. Once I um. Um, once I get uh, a website up and once I publish it and once I actually like release it to the public, I definitely want to start doing fundraising. I want to thank you, Michael, for giving me $20 cash the other day. You are my first official uh, donation because cool. I haven't started accepting any yet, so you, you beat me to the punch there. And uh, once I start yeah. accepting money, I definitely want to do, um, you know, which will mainly be through online or you know, in person, I definitely want to hold an event and start uh, handing out literature, start knocking on doors, and... Um, you know, mainly what I need also is people to hold signs on election day and do things like that. Yeah. But uh, I'm just looking forward to getting out and talking to people and knocking on doors, which will be the fun part. And once I have money to do that and the literature to do that, that's what I'm going to start doing. So, How do you guys feel about the reaction or last year during the city council elections, the local elections, <laughs> uh, they were trying to dissuade free staters from voting. They know that a lot of us had boxes at the old UPS store down, downtown. And if anybody presented that address they would not allow them to vote unless they signed an affidavit with their correct living address and all that stuff how do you feel about that that seems crazy i don't know i mean i heard about that before i'd have to do a little more research on that to see what was going on exactly okay Uh, anything else you want to talk about michael do you want us to hold you over uh yeah hold me over okay we'll get back to the fourth host this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. This is Luther with you. This is Johnny Ray. And Andrew Carroll. 603-435-1105 is the number. we got about half an hour left. Uh, you still have time for your calls. At the moment, we're talking to Michael in Keene. Michael, you still with us? Yes, I am. All right. And we've been talking about uh, uh, Andrew's electoral candidacy uh, for state rep mm-hmm. and all the coming on. Uh, did you give out the address already? On the what for the website? Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Not that I'm not ready to like get that out quite yet. It's okay. not up still, yet. still so, making a few final tweaks, okay. and then I'll get it out. Yeah, all right, no hurry. Huh. Yeah, uh, so uh, I I just want to add uh, just really quick uh, what you mentioned before the break about the politicians or the, the pollsters or whatever trying to prevent people from voting. That's going to be very interesting. Like, can we get video cameras in there? I'd like to see them actually try to prevent people from voting because they talk so much about using their system, and I want to see how open it is when you actually try to use it. Right. Do you need to present picture ID here in, uh, what, Cheshire County or Keene? It's the Keene Board of Elections, right? So it's their rules. I remember in Asheville it was um, very, very, um, I don't know, open. I never had to, to present ID, just tell them who I was, and then they lined me out, and I went and voted, and that was that. I'm, trying, any- I'm trying to think. I don't know. Yeah, I forget. I know in California you have to show picture ID. 
uh, or you have to sign something saying you are who you are, like an affidavit. In Florida, I think you had to have picture ID and your voter's registration card. Oh, okay. When I voted in Florida, and then when I voted, they didn't really require any of that. Uh huh. Okay. So I I could be wrong. I only voted once in Florida, so. Um, I don't know how New Hampshire works, though. To be honest, I think it's pretty. I want to say it's pretty open, and that and that you know they have same day registration. And I remember when I voted, I didn't have an ID or a license or anything when I voted in Manchester. Mm -hmm. Uh, just to write in Ron Paul was the only reason I really voted. Um, Right. (laughs) But uh, I think that you just pretty much go in there and you just say, you know, um. My name's, I was registered, I think I was registered at the time, so I just, you know, went in there and said, my name's this, and they said, oh, you're here, and I said, yep, and I said, okay, well, go ahead, and then I just went and vote, and that's why there's so much vote, I mean, not so much, but apparently, there's a lot of voter fraud in the state, just because it's so easy just to go in there and be like, I am this person, so, right. and then you can, then you can vote. Right, like retirees, or shut-ins, or, or dead people. Just dead people who haven't been removed from the list yet, yeah, yeah. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> wow. So, the other thing I wanted to mention was, uh, did anyone hear about Mama Alley? Is she okay? Ter- she was all, all we've heard, Taryn called in and said that she was arrested. And other than that, he uh, nobody's been able to speak to her, and the police aren't saying anything about it. Yeah. And we don't. We don't do we know where it uh, happened? Or well, we know the, the the state. I mean, yeah, she was she was out doing a delivery, and uh, she got picked up for uh, not uh, not registering her car. I think her registration driving. was out of date. Yeah, expired or something. Yeah. Yep. And and criminal, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, All uh, right, Mike. Fun. Yeah, have a good show. <laughs> thanks, thanks Mike. Colin, Mike. Yeah. Mike is one of the great personalities in Keene. For anybody who doesn't know him, yeah, he's uh, he's a very good-looking man. Number one, <laughs> um, he's uh, and uh, just uh, he's he's very nice, cheerful, friendly person. He's always got a an, a smile. He is. He's got a wife and a, and a beautiful daughter and all that. So he's definitely got a lot going for him. And yeah. It's nice. It's nice to have like more family people up in Keene. Yeah. You know, he, different. He started the uh, Mananoc Families for Liberty, which I think has just changed into the Families for Liberty. We probably should have talked to him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why? Now we're like talking. Yeah. Now we'll just talk about him. Oh, by the way, Michael, we should fine. play some Dominion tonight if you uh, want to. <laughs> yeah, I was convinced that Michael was going to want to talk about Dominion because I had wanted so badly to talk about Fallout Three, but I keep getting shut down by Luther. <laughs> Great job, Luther. By the way tonight, no, not a problem doing a great job um i thought he wanted to talk about dominion which is just this wonderful kick-ass card game that i that also sucked me in it's pretty pretty entertaining yeah you, even i enjoy it sure fall three does have a lot of anarchist sort of uh sort of little it does little entertainings there yeah. it does I don't know. um luther uh are you much of a uh a video gamer uh, at the moment, I don't have a console system. You watch Ryder playing Portal, right? Yeah, and I kind of live vicariously through him. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I love video games. I love uh, particularly strategy games, but I oh, also... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and strategy board games as well. Civ, you're a Civ man, aren't you? I am a Civ, Civ man. That's a good we, had, we talked about Civ. Yes, I, I can play Civ for hours. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's easy to get lost, in it, caught up in that game. That's for sure. Uh, also big... Uh, the Panzer General series uh, was one for me, and right. uh, uh, Age of Empires, uh, yeah. those sort of, sort of real-time strategy games as well. StarCraft, the new StarCraft uh, just came out. I haven't picked it up, or it's it's out. It, it, it's just it's it, coming out tonight. I want to say it no, it's coming out in two days. I believe. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yep. So, and I think it's been something like ten, twelve. It's been a long time. Fifteen years since the first one came out. So this is exciting for all the StarCraft fans. Yeah, 12 years, I think. Yeah. 98. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. 
Yeah, and I uh, I, I had the original that game for years until finally the disc just shattered on me one day. <laughs> <laughs> and what was your favorite race? Oh, the Terran, or not the Terran, the uh, uh, Protoss. Calculating Protoss. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, I also like shooter games. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, particularly Star Wars Battlefront 2. I played uh, 1. Yeah. Two is a little better. The okay. uh, the graphics, the levels, and uh, um, you can play as Jedi or Sith nice. as well, which is just unfair. I mean, <laughs> um, oh, in addition to um, you know a uh, a droid or a trooper or something like that, and you can oh, play yeah. Jedi and Sith. Yep, that's cool. Yep. Well, you you it's so. kind of like a something you can unlock as you're playing the game. Like you uh-huh. choose your side first, and then. Depending on what era you're playing, and I think what what level you're playing, you can get different uh, different uh, Jedi heroes or Sith heroes. Like you can play as Emperor Palpatine, who's wicked slow but wicked powerful. Uh huh. It's kind of frustrating because he goes so much slower than everybody else. So. <laughs> uh, you can play as Darth Vader, Obi Wan, uh, Luke, uh, Yoda, Mace Windu. So nice. So here we are, geeking out about Star Wars. I love Liam Neeson. <laughs> Have you noticed he dies in every movie he's in? No, I haven't noticed just that. A, just about every movie. Uh... <laughs> he dies in Fallout 3. <laughs> he, the character he voices, he, I mean, that's amazing, he dies. Oh, he... we saw a wonderful, wonderful YouTube video the other day. Um, <laughs> a man uh, who calls himself, oh, Umpa? <laughs> it was not wonderful, this video. Oh, has created. He, he took the, uh, the the Fallout Three Havoc engine and he put some animations in it. These um these <laughs> truly wonderful wonderful dancing animations. Not wonderful. And so there was the scene <laughs> where Liam Neeson's character floods the chamber he's in with lethal amounts of radiation in order to and he's killing himself and the evil people in the room with him. But there was a bit of dialogue before that, and this person had made a video where. In between every bit of dialogue, Liam Neeson's character just starts breaking it down a little okay, bit. Okay, that was wonderful, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, I don't know. YouTube Fallout 3 dancing animations or something. I recommend it highly. All right. We got a caller on the line. I uh, hate to cut off your, your Fallout conversation. I know you probably talk about it all night. Probably all for night. the best. Yes, but we go to the phones first here at Free Talk Live. Who is this? Hello. This is David. I'm in Keene, New Hampshire. Hi, David. Hey, David. Hello. Hello. I was just going to ask you a question about some stuff. Um, like, with the with the um, beer drinking outside in the square. Yeah, uh-huh. sure. Um, I know you guys, the people that have been doing it associated to, with the Free State Project, they've all been good and stuff. But supposing, like... Um, some, like, real bad, like, drunkards that are rowdy and noisy, uh, just, like, did it. And, like, were, like, real, like, a hassle to, like, people and everything. And I think that's had an no regard for, And they had no regard for anybody, and they well, just kept doing it or something. Uh, oh, you mean... And suppose that they were affiliated with what what, what else? If they just started showing up at the nightcap, and people just started getting violent or something. Well, that's a. I think that's a great question, and I think there's some great answers to it. We'll uh, we'll hold you over to the break, and then we'll come back to that 
after this. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. 603-435-1105 is the number you can call in and talk about anything you'd like. This is Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. <laughs> Andrew Carroll. <laughs> and right now we got David on the line from Keen calling asking a question about the uh, the Keen nightcaps. You still with us, David? Yeah. It's not particularly about the Keen nightcaps. I mean, they're all cool. I totally think they're cool. But, um, like, to take it to like generally speaking, I mean, I mean, there's some like, you know, row, you know, some people who drink are rowdy and disrespectful and just get out of control. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm supposing that did happen. You know, uh, certainly, but so, that's going to happen anywhere. I mean, that can happen in a bar, which is a private place. That could happen at your home. I mean, uh, I think. Uh, so what would we do? What would we do in that respect? I mean, yeah. well. I, I think there's enough personal responsibility that people would step up and and ask those people to leave and probably be able to convince them to leave. I mean, even even the most drunk, belligerent person knows when they're not wanted around, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that uh, uh, to a certain extent, Luther. Yeah. I think also we might just choose to leave ourselves because yeah. we don't need to be uh, associated with any kind of uh, hooliganism. No, definitely yeah. not. And it certainly doesn't mean, seem if, to attract that that type of element. No. <laughs> yeah. The but put- I mean, if go ahead, David. I was just going to say that, but but I'm just I'm not really speaking relative to y'all's activities. I mean, right. it's been totally cool and awesome. But um, but I mean, if if other people said, well, we'll like to drink downtown too, and they're like totally not cool and totally not awesome. Yeah, I- I, as long as people are just having a good time and enjoying themselves peacefully, I don't see how that can be a problem. And when they cross that line, when they start getting belligerent and violent even, uh, then I think it's a perfectly legitimate uh, time to just uh, evacu- uh, evacuate them, uh, you know, eject them from the area. Yeah. I wouldn't like to think that we created, you know, our activism has caused uh, belligerency and unpleasantness in Keene Central Square, so I'm not sure you know, um, how I would feel about that if that happened. But um, I think it's unlikely because we've just got the people that we have down there are, they're good at soothing others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having well, said that, having said that when the, when, when, um, thank you, David, having said <laughs> that when, uh, when the day that Rich Paul and, and Heike and, and Meg were arrested, there was a lot of um, anger being directed at the police and um somewhat somewhat i don't know it was it was it, it was angry and yeah, it was it wasn't and necessarily it was, it was how drunken. i would have handled it it was a little bit drunken yeah, yeah. it, it could have come came across like that i, I mean. think at the end of the day you just kind of have to separate yourself as an individual from the actions that you disagree with so i mean if there's people doing things in central square that are being belligerent, you know, you separate yourself from that by not being belligerent. You know, I myself don't participate in the nightcaps, for example, because I just don't, you know, it's not something that I do. It's not something that I think is, isn't a, you know, is, is a good, is an appropriate way to, 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 you know, 
to, to just handle a problem. I just don't see myself doing it. And I have no desire to. So I separate myself from that. And if the people who participate in it see someone acting violently, you know, I, th- I have full faith that they would separate themselves from that activity and denounce it and decry it and properly squash it, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, in a, in a nonviolent way, but squash it nonetheless. I think so, too. Yeah. And, and I want to add that um, I, I hope that to communicate that the anger, I think, was justified. Um, we were um, very quiet and, uh, and peaceable, and we were minding our manners. Except, except there was some toplessness going on. But then, then we are de facto taxpayers, so that's our that's our property. And if they don't like what we're doing there, then they should buy the land, and we will respect we will respect it. Yeah. But it bl- doesn't belong to anybody right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anything else, David? Oh, hi. Yeah, I was just wondering. I just had a couple of questions. I didn't know if I got cut off or not, but um. What's a porcupine? Well, besides I mean, I a, the, uh, I know what the animal is. Yeah, besides a rodent, oh. uh, a porcupine is a term applied to free staters who have already moved to the state, and it comes from oh. the uh, the symbol of the free state project. The old libertarian symbol was the Gadsden flag with the snake, "Don't tread on me." And uh, for the free state project, I guess they adopted the porcupine because a porcupine is uh, less aggressive than a snake. It won't attack, but it will defend itself. I think originally the porcupine was just a mascot by itself without right. association with oh. the Gadsden flag. And then oh, they added it? it to that. I think so. Yeah, okay. I, just, I think it was a porcupine way before they put the don't tread on me. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen, I've seen, I'd only seen this on TV before I moved up here. But since I moved up here, I've seen a pit bull attack a porcupine and the pit bull got the worst of it by <laughs> yeah, far. Yeah, I've seen videos of that too. And I oh, also I think it's uh I think it's uh it's it's sort of become like a nickname because not necessarily everybody who associates with the Free State Project is a Free State Project member. Some of them were locals who lived here already. And the term porcupine can apply to them as well. It kinda just means freedom lover. Somebody who's peaceful and uh not aggressing against others. Yeah. But you don't want to cool. step on them. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask one more question? Of course. Go right yes. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, what's a um, voluntarist? A vol- is that easy? We might have different definitions of that word. Yeah, I um, think a voluntarist is an anarchist. To me, a voluntarist is just a nice way of saying anarchist. Well, I don't think it has to be an anarchist. A voluntarist could believe in a... a I mean, I think a, that I don't consider myself to be a voluntarist right. personally, and I do consider myself to be an anarchist, but oh. I think that people who are voluntarists that they're just trying to dress up their anarchism in a way that, you know, is a little more publicly acceptable. That was my perception. Yeah, I, yeah. I could be... there is kind of a PR spin to it. But uh, voluntarist, the basic definition is it's someone who uh, just does not believe aggressing against others is the way to bring about social or economic change, really. Right. And the uh, the things, the services we get right now from our states and our cities can be delivered to us in a voluntary fashion. Right. And and I consider myself one, but I call myself a voluntarist rather than a voluntarist. <laughs> yeah, I think the word voluntarist sounds silly. I would also agree with Johnny that voluntarist sounds a lot better. Yeah. Voluntarist. It should take that PR step one one step further. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that word voluntarist, some people attach stuff to words and sometimes so when true. you think of an anarchist, 
it's a, you know, some people might attach a negative connotation. To right. It. They might think of like the guys with the black face masks. Uh, or the punk. Spray, yeah, spray punk, painting yeah. up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Skateboarders, punks. I don't know. Yeah, spray painting up buildings, yeah. you know. And Russians and, yeah, throwing bombs. Molotov yeah, cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. 19th century. 19th Angsty century? kids. They might think of Hot Topic somehow. I mean, Who knows? I don't know how you get from anarchists. In fact, I'm still waiting to, for the day that I run into an, uh, someone wearing like a Hot Topic anarchist patch so I can like. I don't know, beat him up or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. But. The anarchist verbally abused them. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks. That's pretty much it. I You're appreciate welcome, David. it. You're welcome. Thank you, oh, thank you for good the night, call. David. All right, 603-435-1105. We might still have time for your call. Uh, only a couple minutes remain here in the show. Uh, hey, do you like what you're hearing? Go to freetalklive.com. <laughs> do you not like what you're hearing? Let us know. All the content is free. We're not like those other websites. They want to charge you money. <laughs> but not us, no. Johnny Ray really wanted to say that this is his first time. Did you guys enjoy yourselves tonight? I did. I had uh, a yeah, blast. Thanks, yeah. thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah, you've been on before, right, Andrew? I was a guest once, yeah. yeah. So it, it was fun. And, and so this is your first time on air? Johnny? Yeah, my first time. Have you ever called in before? I did. When Before I moved up here, I called in and I talked about price gouging. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, I actually, I haven't called in in a long time. There was a couple times when I do think about calling in, but for the most part, uh, I don't have time to listen to the show, unfortunately. Um, so really, I only ever hear it when I'm on. Oh, by the way, I love price gouging, and we <laughs> price gouging is good for all of us. <laughs> all right, we got one more caller on the line. Free right. Talk Live, who's this? Hey, Luther, it's Michelle. I don't need to be online. But, um, well, you did you hear that Mama Allie's in jail? Yes. yes. Um, Taryn oh. called in and let us know. She got arrested. She was out making a delivery, and she got picked up for an expired registration. Uh, I know. Uh, hopefully, right, well. this doesn't delay her coming to Keene. I mean, I was yeah, really she was going to start Last this. Biscuit in Keene, right? Yeah. I was looking forward to that really oh, me too. a lot. Yeah. Yep. I feel pretty she confident. She totally hates jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so apparently yeah. nobody's uh, been able to talk to her, and the cops aren't saying much about it. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll hear a little something in the next couple of days. Well, Faisal's talking to her daughter online right now, and and um, said that they don't really know anything either. Okay. All right. All right. Have a good night, Michelle. All right. See you. you too. Bye. Yeah. Loser. <laughs> My bad. I'm very disappointed in you. That's all right. I did great this whole show up until then, up <laughs> until the last you screwed up. five seconds of the show. You're okay, fired. So, You're fired. Uh, <laughs> I'm never having you guys on again. <laughs> all right. This has been Free Talk Live with Luther. Johnny Ray. And uh, Andrew Cole. And thanks for coming out, you guys. It's been a great time. Uh, I'll see you guys whenever I see you.